Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the, uh, this afternoon's planning committee. Um, a, a number of points to make before we start. Um, there is no expectation that there's to be a, a fire drill, um, so if the alarm goes, then it's for real, uh, and I would ask that you go out through the two doors, and if you go out through that one, turn right, uh, and join this one and go down the stairs and, and assemble in the, uh, uh, in, in, the, in the green outside. Um, secondly, I would ask to, that you, uh, you uh, turn your phones off or turn them to silent because uh, it's irritating when phones are ringing when people are trying to speak. Um, I should also alert uh, uh, members and remind them and, and public speakers that these proceedings are recorded live uh, and they're also available on the internet afterwards. So every single word you say uh, is there for prosperity to hear. Uh, so it's best if you get your facts right before you, uh, you start uh, getting excited. Um, I would, we have a number of speakers this afternoon uh, for the event, and um, I would remind speakers they only have three minutes, and um, uh, one of uh, my planning colleagues here has a, um, a timing device, and a bell will ring, uh, and you better uh, finish pretty much there and then. Otherwise, I'm afraid I will have to, uh, have to cut you off. Um, so we can start with the, um, the proceedings. First of all, apologies for absence and declarations of interest of members. Um, Councillor Manel. Chairman, a personal interest in UTT 142569 and 2570. I don't know if it is relevant, but my grandchildren attend the academy. Um, I, I will seek um, the advice of uh, our legal officer. Um, it's uh, only a personal interest, um, a non-pecuniary interest, and you don't need to withdraw or abstain from voting. Um. <laughs> Councillor Perry. <laughs> Thank you, Chairman. UTT 1425144, um, just a non-pecuniary as a member of the Housing Board where this matter has been discussed. Thank you, Councillor Perry. Any others? Um, right, we'll then move on to the minutes of the meeting of uh, the 17th of September. I would ask members, um, do, are they a true and fair reflection of what occurred? Thank you very much. In that case, I shall sign them. Um, I'd also uh, record uh, Councillor Cheatham's apologies for not being here. She's our regular chairman, so you've got the, uh, you've got the pretend one today. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, right, um, uh, we need to uh, have a look at the uh, matters arising from the minutes. And if I might borrow this one. Thank you very much. Um, I'll work through it by, uh, by page. Uh, page four. Uh, page five. Page six. 
page 7. Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. On UTT 1411084, can you advise whether an appeal has been lodged on that one? I'll ask Mr Brown to do that. Not yet. Moving on, page, uh, that's page 7, page 8. Right. That's that matter. Uh, we'll move on to the um, first um, planning application, which is UTT 14 stroke 0425. And I'll ask uh, Ms. Shoesmith to lead us off. Thank you, Chairman. The application site is for land north of uh, Bartholomew Close in Great Chesterford. Members will remember this application from the Mr. last Mr. Taylor planning. has left the room. I'm sorry? Oh. <laughs> Members will remember this application from the last planning committee uh, meeting whereby the application has been deferred for a site visit of which this has since taken place. Attention is drawn to the circulated amendment amended heads of terms. Since the last planning committee an additional representation has been received raising objection to the principle of more development, the village's urbanisation and impact upon local infrastructure. Members will remember that the application is for outline planning permission for the construction of residential dwellings of up to 14 units with all matters reserved, thereby only the principle of the residential development and the numbers I up to 14 being for consideration. The application has been recommended for approval subject to Section 106 um, agreement with the amended heads of terms and conditions which are listed within the report uh, with the amendment to condition 2B to read no later than. Um, thereby approval is recommended. Thank, Thank you. you very much, uh, Ms. Shrewsmith. Um, for members who didn't come, uh, this was one of the site visits we undertook on, uh, on Monday morning. Uh, right, we have a number of speakers, uh, four in total. We start off with Councillor Julie Redfern. Councillor Redfern in the room. Right, in that case we don't start off with Councillor Redfern, we start off with an objector, um, Victoria Choate. If you could press the red button, or the button that's in front of you, that's it. Yes, thank you. Hello, good afternoon. I would like to begin by thanking the members for their time in visiting Great Chesterford on Monday. On behalf of my neighbours and I, we ask the committee to consider the following when reaching a decision in respect of this application. Firstly, and in the event of any redevelopment to Littlefield, we would ask again that by means of preservation orders or planning consents, that the Laurel, the Rowan and the Flowering Hedgerow remain to the southwest boundary. These currently provide privacy and screening to the existing properties and are an integral part of the existing landscape. Secondly, given its location, and in order to assess the feasibility of any development at Littlefield, access must be a fundamental consideration from the outset. 
Rookery Close, together with its associated cul-de-sacs, is an established residential neighbourhood. In total, this area already comprises of 124 properties, all of which are currently accessed from a single access route at Spencer Road. 31 properties already share the single approach road that leads to the existing vehicular gate into Littlefield. At its minimum width, the road outside my home is just over 4.72 metres wide. This is the narrowest part of Rookery Close and any inappropriate street or pavement parking already obstructs this section of road to passing or turning vehicles. HGVs already experience difficulties in this area and frequently mount the pavements to manoeuvre. Given the width of this road and the proximity of the adjacent homes and driveways, we are concerned as to how this area will safely accommodate the size and number of construction and contractor vehicles that may attend and deliver to the site throughout any construction period. This is an active residential and working environment and existing levels of street and pavement parking already obscure visibility. In the early mornings and with residents leaving for work or the school run, the arrival of any construction site traffic would be incompatible and disruptive to all. In the interest of public safety, Rookery Close is unsuitable for construction site traffic. Access and how this will be managed both during and after any construction period needs to be determined at the outset of this application. With this in mind and on behalf of my neighbours and I, we respectfully ask the committee to decline this application. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I see that uh, Councillor Redfern has, has arrived um, and perhaps I'll invite you to uh, speak next. I would remind you, you are allowed five minutes, but you can probably do better than that. <laughs> um, apologies, Chairman. I was at another meeting and I'm, um, I'm un under pressure. Anyway, um, I'm not going to um, bore you all with the same points I made at the previous meeting. Um, I would just like to thank you very much for um, visiting the site as you did on um, Monday, and I hope you could see from that the concerns that we have as a as a parish of, um, of access to this site. Um, and uh, I'd also like to remind you that ideally, we, we've, worked, we've worked really hard to um, cooperate all we can with um, Uttersford and the um, different developers of the sites we've got going on in our village. Um, we really do want this to be an integrated part of our village and feel very strongly that we need some sort of notation on this um, application for the dual access because it is you know we've accepted we've accepted development in the village and a lot of it really for the village of the size but um, having taken it on the chin I do think I would really appreciate it if the committee could bear in mind our, our concerns um, on this um, and that's really all I wanted to say you know access is a big deal for us in in the village I don't uh, it's really disappointing. I know this is an outline permission, but it's really disappointing that it's not more important at this stage that this can be um, 
added on, but I would like a notation on the uh, application. Or, um, and, and I would like to say that we are supportive of development of this site. It's not that we don't want it to be developed. We do, and I, didn't, I hope I didn't give that impression last time. Um, so, but it is really how is this going to integrate into our village, and as far as we're concerned, it is the accesses that make all the difference on this. And I just think this is too vague for us to feel that we can support it at this early stage. And just once again, with my um, cabinet member for housing on here, again, you know, up to 14 houses. I really would prefer to see it with um, 10 properties, as, as is the allocation that we've got for this particular area in the uh, emerging local plan. Otherwise, um, if it was 15, we would end up with 40% um, affordable housing, not just 20%, but that's just my opinion as a cabinet member for housing. But thank you very much, and apologies again for being late. Thank you very much, Councillor Redfern. Um, we now have the Parish Council and Neil Gregory. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I can keep this very brief, as uh, both Ms Choate and Councillor Redfern have made some very cogent points. Firstly, once again, thank you to councillors for visiting the site on Monday. It was a particularly unpleasant day, so uh, the fact they stood around in the rain and paid such attention was uh, both noted and was uh, very gratefully received. I'd also like to thank Mr Brown for the advice he's provided. Uh, he has been his usual objective, considered and uh, thoughtful self in this matter. Um, the Parish Council is slightly surprised by this proposal as we support the principle of development. Great Chesterford is not a village that is uh, a NIMBY village. Uh, we support the emergent local, pl local plan and we're happy to bring forward our sites allocated in that plan. This is one of those sites. Uh, we did, however, at the time, ask for it to be brought forward with the adjoining development and we are surprised and disappointed it hasn't and that's why I'm here speaking today. We have two specific issues. Firstly, the draft section 106 agreement in front of you makes reference to primary and secondary provision. We would like that amended, please, to reflect provision for preschool uh, provision within the village. We have a pressing need for preschool provision. The current preschool is only open for half the day. It is oversubscribed and we have both land and some money towards provision of an enhanced preschool facility. So an amendment to that section 106 would be both timely and meet the needs of the village. But as the previous speakers have made clear, the fundamental problem with the site is access. As Councillor Redfern made clear, I do appreciate this is an outline application, but nonetheless, um, access through Bartholomew Close bearing in mind the traffic densities, construction traffic and the general safety issues would pose grave issues, sufficiently grave issues that I think it casts a shadow over whether uh, this site can realistically, as currently configured, if access were to be that way, be considered suitable for development. Thank you very much indeed, Chairman. Um, thank you, uh, Councillor Gregory. Uh, um, we now have the... Um, Applicant agent, Paul Sutton. Uh, you, you technically would get um, 14 minutes if you need it, Mr Sutton. Thank you, Chairman. I'm sure I won't need that long. 
Um, I'm here to represent the applicants in support of this application um, before you today. Um, you did consider it at the last meeting and it was deferred, as the planning officer said, for a site visit. Um, we hope that you've seen what you needed to see from the site visit and you now realise that this is a wholly suitable site for residential development. Um, I think the key thing we'd like to point out is that this is an outline application with all matters reserved. Um, planning law allows people to make a planning application in that way. Um, there are good reasons why we are doing that. Um, as I say, it's an outline application with all matters reserved. We are not proposing access from one particular location. Um, the application states that, that the access could be gained from one of two options. Um, and the County Council, in their response on the highways issues, have said that they considered the document that we presented to them to be accurate and agree with the conclusion that either access option would provide adequate highway capacity to serve the site and would not give rise to any highway safety issues. Those are the views of the Highway Authority, the County Council. Um, as I say, this is an outline application. Access is not um, under consideration at this stage. It will be a reserved matter, and that would be the time for both the applicants to present detailed information about the access that they decide to serve this site, and for you as members to consider all the detailed information that would go with the reserved matters application. Um, on another point, the Parish Council raised an issue of the Section 106 Agreement. Um, I'm informed by my clients that the Section 106 Agreement has now been signed and it's been given to the Council and that makes provision for the cycle-pedestrian link between the two sites and it also makes provision for the amount of affordable housing and contributions for education and community facilities. And I'm also advised that although the Parish Council said they wanted something included to cover early years provision on education, this actually is in the Section 106 agreement at the moment. So my understanding is there is no need to change that. The provision has already been made. Um, so I think all I'd like to say is please bear in mind in making your decision this is an outline application with all matters reserved. Um, you have heard information about access but I think at this stage clearly this isn't something that is to be decided uh, or indeed considered and we would obviously support the officer's recommendation to approve the application. Thank you. Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. I have concerns with this one insofar as our hands seem to be tied quite effectively because all we're doing is the principle of development on this site of 14 dwellings. I believe 14 dwellings is too far, too many for this site. I would like to see a bungalow on this site and I'd also like to draw a reference to page 20, 1023A, Without details of access at this time, the impact cannot be assessed. And to that mind, it's crucial. And by the fact that all matters are reserved, I think we can condition, but I think this is one step too far. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Councillor Perry. Councillor Bunnell. Chairman, I appreciate that we're saying that this is outline and that all matters are reserved, but I learned a long time ago that if you don't put something in at the outline stage, it can get overlooked later. So I think the access 
is incredibly important. Perhaps the officer will answer that. I think Mr Brown will. I, I sense he will. Yeah. We can't consider the access here. I mean, that's a very difficult message to give, but we can't consider the access here because the means of access is reserved. It won't be missed because they have to submit a reserve matters for access, just like they needed to submit the access of the scale of development, the landscape, etc., etc., on the site. So it won't be missed because they have to put in a landscape. Um, sorry, they have to put in a, um, an access requirement as part of the reserve matters. So members can't consider the access. All you're talking about is literally what, what I've heard is the principle of development on the site is fine. That's all you're considering. Um, and, and it's also it's up to 14. It's not actually 14. They would have to come up with a properly designed-led proposal at the end of the day up to 14. It could be one, could be 14. So I think members need to be mindful as well. But we, we can't consider access at this stage. I think what the agent said is quite correct. Uh, thank you, Mr. Brown. That was very clear. Uh, Councillor Davey. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'd like to ask Mr. Brown if you could give us a steer on, on the uh, uh, south-west uh, boundary where um, there's concern about the screening there, the rowan trees and so on. Uh, is that unconditional as well? Again, that is covered by the landscaping part of the... At the moment, those particular trees are unprotected. Those, those bushes are unprotected. And they could be taken out without any planning controls at the moment um, and in terms of the, the plan forward in terms of the landscape they would have to be one of those reserve matters they would need to submit would be the landscaping reserve matters which would cover which trees are to be retained and which trees are going to be um, you know what new trees are going to be brought onto the site as well. Uh, Councillor Eastham you're next on the list. <coughs> Thank you Mr Chairman. Councillor uh, Julia. Julie. Redfern. <laughs> Sorry, Julie. Um, mentioned the fact that if there were 15 houses, we could ask for 40% affordable houses. Would it not be, is it appropriate at this stage to decide on the number of dwellings? If so, would it be wise for our own housing point of view, which, all right, it's not a planning matter, but it's linked to uh, say, a development of 15 houses, not up to 14. Well, I think uh, Mr Sutton did confirm the 106 agreement has already been signed. Um, so I might uh, see a comment from our legal officer about... It's been signed by the applicant, the owner of the land. Uh, the council have not sealed it yet. Haven't sealed it. I will, I will invite Mr Brown to comment. We have an application for up to 14. And so therefore I think members need to consider what's in front of them in terms of up to 14. We can't, we can't actually change it. Probably the answer to your question is we can't make it 50, up to 15 because that's not what's in front of us. Are you comfortable with that, Councillor? It would be, a, no. Excuse me. It would be very unusual then for a council or a, a committee, this planning committee, <coughs> to recommend more houses. The only way to do that is to refuse this. Am I correct? Yes, that's probably the only way. If you feel that this is not enough houses on the site, because that's what you would actually be saying um, by, by refusing it for, for up to 14. Right, thank you. Um, next on the list is Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, it seems to me that in this instance all matters are reserved, including access. The only thing we're being asked to determine is whether we will give approval for up to 14 houses to be erected on this site. 
doesn't mean to say there have to be 14 houses. It's up to 14 houses. Um, and whether it's 10, 9, 13, whatever the number is, will be determined eventually when detailed permission is sought. And at that stage, the uh, developers will have to show that there is sufficient land to accommodate the, that number of dwellings with appropriate garden sizes. So it seems to me that at this stage, this committee is really uh, in a position of just saying this land can be developed and with no more than 14 houses, but um, uh, it, uh, the, the land in itself is, is in the local plan and is um, uh, suitable for development. So um, I would propose that we um, approve this application. Uh, thank you, Councillor. Is, is there a second to that? Um, okay, we have a proposed and second. All right, we have one more question. Do you want to speak, Councillor Magwin? I think everything that I was going to say has been said. I mean, we are basically just deciding whether the principle of development on this site is yay or nay. We've, we've got no policy reasons for refusing it, so... Uh, my, my only um, point of concern is, has already been raised by Councillor Davey, the um, landscaping on the south, but uh, no doubt that can be dealt with at a later stage. Um, right, uh, Councillor Lachlan, Thank you. as always you get the last word in. Oh, always. <laughs> I haven't finished yet. Uh, no, I, it's really just a question, um, because we just received this, which we had to read through very quickly which was um, about the conditions and it says subject to a 106 agreement, a legal agreement while I, I realise obviously this is an outline application um, on the original um, application report it says a provision of at least 5% rounded up um, of older person one and two bedroom bungalows across the tenure I just wondered why the uh, older persons have been crossed out and also further down it says rounded up what, what does rounded up mean and why have you crossed out the older person's bungalows um, thank you I think you were directing that question Mr Brown it sounded like yes uh, when I draft Yes. When I draft the Section 106 agreements, uh, uh, we have to use percentages for the outlines. We can't say numbers because we don't know how many are going to be built. And uh, we can't just say it's going to be rounded up. We say f uh, um, five percent, uh, up to 5% um, is, is uh, 4.9 is rounded down, and above that is rounded up. Yeah. Thank you. I understand that bit, but why have you crossed out the older persons? Um, because usually it is older people that like to live in bungalows for obvious reasons. But that's been crossed out. Does that mean any man, Jack and his wife, can go into a bungalow? Well, the bungalows are designed for accessibility. Um, as you can appreciate, it's not just the elderly that will have, um, would be mobility impaired. Right, thank you very much. Well, we've had a proposer and seconder, uh, so I think, um, uh, Councillor Perry, you want, you want to have the last word after all? Yes. No, Chairman, I just want to come back very quickly. Uh, from what's been said, um, number three on the conditional approval of 106, it says financial contribution towards primary and secondary education. Can we not add preschool on that, as it's not been sealed? I think Mr Brown's already touched on that. 
preschool is actually included as well. Sorry, it wasn't... What happened, I think, on the original recommendation was that it just showed a lump sum towards primary and secondary. That lump sum also include, does include extra care... I'm sorry, early years provision as well. So it does include early years provision. Right, thank you, Councillor Perry. Uh, right, as I said, we have had a proposal and seconder, therefore we will uh, go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Those against? Oh, unanimous. Oh, that, that was good. Right. Unanimous. Then in that case, we shall, uh, we shall move on uh, to application UTT 14-2234, and Mr Theobald will uh, be presenting to us. Thank you, Chair. This reserve matters application relates to the erection of 23 dwellings, including nine affordable units, new estate road, parking, garaging, drainage and ancillary works, where outline plan permission was granted for the principle of residential development for up to 23 dwellings at this former nursery site in 2013, subject to a Section 106 agreement when matters of site access and flood risk were considered and where matters relating to layout, scale, appearance and landscaping now fall to be considered. The proposed development would consist of mainly two-storey dwellings but with an element of two-storey, two-and-a-half-storey, which would incorporate a mixture of house types and combination of mainly on-site garaging and hard-standing spaces together with visitor parking. A table showing the bedroom unit, garden size and parking mix for the development is shown at page 31 of the officer report. The scheme has been assessed in terms of site layout, design, housing mix, affordable housing, residential amenity, parking and ecology, where vehicular access into the development <coughs> will be at the same location along Cambridge Road from the outline application. And this application follows pre-application discussions. The development includes nine affordable housing units where this represents a 40% housing provision total where these will be positioned within a single cluster at the rear end of the site which are plots 8 to 16. The tenure mix of the affordable housing will be as stated in the signed section 106 agreement which is 70% affordable rent and 30% shared ownership. The scheme as submitted has a varied and acceptable mix of traditional building styles whilst the dwellings offer a range of bedroom sizes and will be built to lifetime home standards, where plot 15 has been nominated as the wheelchair accessible unit and this is considered acceptable to the council. Rear gardens to all of the dwellings, with the exception of just one unit, would meet and in several cases exceed Essex Design Guide rear amenity standards. Parking for all of the dwellings comply with vehicle parking standards, both in terms of number of parking spaces and vehicle parking bays. Five visitor parking spaces are shown at the beginning of the estate road into the site from Cambridge Road as shown. A further ecology report has been prepared for the development where this is considered acceptable to uh, Essex County Council Ecology and which demonstrates that the impacts on any protected species which may exist at the site would be low given the site's low habitat value. It is considered by officers after a detailed assessment of the proposal that the residential scheme as presented 
for this reserve matters application is acceptable for this site subject to the conditions as listed at the end of the report and is recommended for approval. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Theobald. Uh, just for our listeners at home, uh, Mr. T uh, Taylor returned just as this application was being presented. Um, right, we have uh, one speaker uh, for, for this uh, application, the applicant himself, Mr. Trevor Faulkner. Uh, thank you, Chairman and fellow members of committee for the opportunity to address you today in support of our reserve matters application at the former Carnation Nursery site. Uh, your officer's report has very thoroughly explained that the proposal complies with the parameters of the outline approval and the thrust of both your councils adopted and emerging local plan policies and the national planning policy framework in terms of delivering a sustainable form of development. The scheme before you today reflects pre-application discussions with your officers and subsequent negotiations post-submission. The scheme layout and design has been carefully drawn up to respect the site setting, minimise visual impact and overlooking, provide integration into the existing urban fabric in terms of built form and external finishes, respect existing landscape features, provide natural surveillance to the streets and provide car parking on plots to avoid dead spaces and to ensure future homeowners use the allocated spaces provided to avoid on-street parking issues. More specifically, the layout has been careful to adhere to the Council's amenity space standards and back-to-back -back distances. Accordingly, it is considered that the proposed development accords with the Council's adopted design and car parking standards. The proposed dwellings have been designed to take into account the lifetime of home standards and one of the affordable dwellings, plot 15, which is a ground floor two-bedroom flat, will be fully wheelchair accessible. The proposed dwellings for both market and affordable housing have been designed in a variety of styles and with a number of different house types, or with private garden or amenity areas. The design quality will be the same across the site and the affordable units will not be distinguishable from the market housing units. In terms of creating mixed and balanced communities, the proposal provides a variety of house types ranging in two bed to five bed dwellings. Over 50% of the market units will be three bedroom, which accords with the council's policy requirement of providing a significant proportion of smaller market units. Finally, we note the comments on flood risk raised by the parish and other third parties. We would reiterate your officer's conclusions on this matter that confirms that this was considered at the outline stage and that the Environment Agency had confirmed that they would not object to the developments based on technical evidence before them showing that the development would not be vulnerable to flood risk as finished floor levels would be set at a minimum level to take account of the one in a hundred year flood events and measures would be undertaken to reduce flood risk to adjoining land. It is worth noting that before the former glass houses were demolished, nearly 100% of the site was impermeable and the ground conditions were the same and the site did not flood. The proposed development reduces the impermeability area by up to 40%. Therefore, we would contend that the new development is actually offering betterment over the present use, or previous use, I should say. In light of the above, it is respectfully requested that planning permission is granted. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Faulkner. Uh, now to members.
Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, when this came before us for outline consent, um, I was critical of the indicated roadway at the time, and I still am, because there are certain parking spaces that just don't work. Um, the, the applicant just made the observation that it would ensure that homeowners use the allocated parking spaces. Well, I don't know where he gets the power to do that from. Um, certainly not from this chamber. Um, but if you look at the parking spaces for plot 20, um, they're at right angles to each other and one obstructs the other. Um, so there are various aspects like that. Um, I, I don't know why uh, the people in, who are living in uh, plot 9 would have to make do with a 25 square metre garden. Um, that seems... I mean, and if you look at the site plan, they've got rear access and the adjoining gardens, plots 8 and plot 10, are well um, big enough to uh, give some more to plot 9. So that um, doesn't sit easy with me. And why 15 and 16, four bedrooms, sharing 57 square metres? I mean, that, you know, just because one flat is a wheelchair flat doesn't mean to say that there's not, there's, there aren't people in there that, that want some garden space. Um, I, I was critical of the layout. I, I think there was an object lesson we were given at our presentation before the planning committee meeting where if the houses were so designed to front the river rather than back onto the river you, and, and the road were realigned, you, you could get the visitors' parking spaces, you could get on-plot parking all on the, uh, towards the, the, the river and y you wouldn't have the problems that have been um, raised by some of the observations from the consultations. Um, I, th I think this needs a rethink. I think 23 is too many and, and I think uh, it's, it's trying to be too sophisticated, this layout, and it's not working. Uh, thank you, Councillor Ranger. Um, Mr Thiel, you want to answer any of those comments? Um, just to say, obviously, the councillor has identified the, the one unit, which is uh, uh, 25 square metres. Um, there, there are one or two uh, tight spots on this development that is uh, recognised. Um, certainly, it's across the board where uh, the majority are within standard or exceeding, and uh, it's really whether or not we, we say that on the, the odd unit that is... Uh, Deficient, uh, that is sufficient to say that the, the scheme is unacceptable uh, on that basis. I, uh, I will just, um, if I can, just scan through on the um, other drawings uh, we've got, and it's obviously the housing types representation. Um, and that is the, yeah, that's the garden compliance plan. So, um, as uh, you say, plot, 25, plot 9 is the one. Thank you very much. Um, ladies first, I think, Councillor Perry. Councillor Gold. Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, I'm very concerned where we have a tight development like this and we have two houses with improper parking arrangements because it's not as if they can park easily elsewhere. Um, on a tight development like this, the roads are narrow, 
Parking leads to more neighbours' disputes, I think, than anything else. Um, could we not ask, return this or defer this so that better parking arrangements could be made? May I ask exactly what you're, you're suggesting? Are you suggesting that this, this application is refused? Are you, Right, let, while that's being thought about, we'll, we'll ask any other questions. Councillor Ranger. Well, yes. Are you seconding that? What? Deferral. Deferral. No. I was going to suggest, rather than defer, we come to a firm arrangement, and I would propose a refusal. There shouldn't be a debate. We've got to... Right. I wasn't aware I was actually making a proposal. I asked <laughs> if it would be possible to defer while better parking arrangements are sorted out. The, the answer is yes, it would be, uh, but Councillor Ranger has now made a proposal to... to You've made a proposal to refuse this. Did I get that right? No? No, no. Do you have a seconder? Well, then I'll okay. formally uh, request that this application is refused on the grounds on the, against the policies uh, GN2 design and GN8 vehicle parking standards. Okay, so it's proposed and seconded. Okay, and that, Councillor Berry, do you want to speak first? Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> I do apologise for putting you I concur with what my fellow colleagues have said. I also picked up on those two main issues, particularly from the Parish Council comments. But the other one I wanted is there are no nomination of the plot which need to meet the requirement of wheelchair accessible housing. It's not conditioned also. So, because um, we do have a policy for that, but it doesn't seem to be anywhere. But if we're going to go for refusal, it doesn't matter. I'll support the refusal. Right. Thank you very much, Councillor. But now, there are no further... Councillor Kant. Um, one of the things I noticed when I was looking at this is that the visitor parking... Um, which is very near the entrance to the Cambridge Road, as far as I can see, you would either have to drive right into the site to turn around and come out again or reverse out of those spaces onto the Cambridge Road. Also, we have previously allowed tandem parking, but I'm not sure we've ever allowed three lots of tandem parking with a garage at the end. So for a five-bedroom house, you've actually got four cars in a row, I think, with having to do... People are not going to use those spaces. Um, so I, I really do have a problem with the parking on this. And unfortunately, the, the poor house that only has 25 square metres of garden also would appear to have a huge tree in it. Um, and so I, I think the amount of usable space there would seem to be very small. Well, thank you, Councillor Kant. Well, it had, uh, Councillor Easton, yes. Chairman, no mention seems to have been made, about, apart from the applicant, about flooding in this area. It is prone to flooding. In fact, it was only flooded recently, this year, in fact. Um, and the representations of the Parish Council and also uh, public uh, bring this to, to light. Um, what precautions are being taken to prevent this happening again or is the drainage directly into the River Cam? Yes, I, I can answer that. Uh, as, as I said in the um, introduction, the, the principle of development on this site also considered the aspect of uh, flood 
flood risk where obviously the Vercam goes along the, the rear boundary and after discussions with the Environment Agency during the outline stage it was agreed that given the, the instance of flooding as uh, modelling um, that notwithstanding any further flood <coughs> event that there should be a, a minimum uh, um, datum level for all of the dwellings. Now uh, they are um, as per the detailed drawings for the layout as well and that is a condition of the outline consent which states that all dwellings must be above that level and that is shown uh, on one of the drawings uh, which I can get for you which is that one there you can't really see it but uh, they all yeah, they are all um, compliant, compliant with the Environment, Environment Agency datum level in terms of slab level uh, with regard to modelling for any future flood risk. Um, we are aware there was some uh, flooding that did occur along here, but um, the applicant has actually acknowledged that. And given that it is strictly something which was agreed at outline stage, but um, this is also something which would be subject to uh, a, a SUDS drainage uh, agreement, and I think that's listed on one of the conditions. Um, if it's not, it's because it's one of the outline uh, conditions carried through to the detailed stage, and I had discussions with the applicant uh, on this, um, and he has actually submitted some more information about flood risk um, if it was raised at uh, committee, which it has been, and I could read out the contents of that email if you wish, but uh, that's entirely um, you know, discretionary. Yeah, Chairman, I'd like to hear that, but it would, it's also interesting to note that outline planning permission was granted... Uh, when? Certainly before the recent floods. Yeah, last year, whereas flooding has taken place since that outline planning permission was given. So at the outline stage, those comments would be valid. But since then, flooding has taken place, which disproves the, that theory, I would suggest. Okay. I would like to hear what's no, being Chairman. said. Though. If you look on page 28, the Environment Agency have been consulted again on the proposal. Um, I beg your pardon? The last... Condition 9, surface water infiltration, yes, has not yet been you, submitted. Yeah, but don't just read the last line. If you read the pre, uh, earlier, it says we're able to recommend the discharge of the parts that have been submitted, and they obviously reserve their position, obviously, on, on the, the bits that haven't been. We have agreed, based on their advice, the principle of development on the site, up, up to 23 houses. And that's, in, so in relation to flooding, that issue was closed down subject to, this condition, subject yep. to these conditions on the outline application. And they are aware, they being the Environment Agency, are aware of what's happened in the intervening period and have not changed their recommendation. Sorry, even though there's been flooding since, they've kept the recommendation yes. the same? Yes, because they, what, what the conditions they put on last time mean that, um, in their view, the properties will be safe from flooding um, in the 1 to 100 year event. I think it's 1 to 100 year event going forward. We have to rely on their advice. They are the experts and they, in fact, are the, the authority who would uh, deal with this issue. All right, Councillor Manel. I'll guarantee a pound to a pinch of snuff that those houses will flood. Well, we'll, we'll come to that in 100 years. Did you want, want uh, Councillor Easton, for Mr Theobald to read all this detail out? Okay, well, obviously, it takes into account both the, uh, the comments of the Environment Agency 
and also the uh, drainage which would take place to improve uh, drainage on the site and bearing in mind of course um, what we heard from the applicant about the, the current level of hard uh, servicing on the site associated with the, the nursery and also that would be reduced because of a result of the development. That photo in fact is uh, immediately behind the glass houses where this is the, the river channel here, the, the river cam. Um, it's a, it's a letter, in, an email, in fact, from the regional engineer from Bloor Homes Eastern to uh, Mr Faulkner, who um, gave a presentation on behalf of uh, the applicant uh, uh, you just heard. It goes, uh, um, although Mr Green has stated that the site has flooded this year, there is no indication of by how much or at what level above ordnance Dayton the water reached. Therefore, I would like to refer to the flood risk assessment dated August 2012, which recommends the finished floor levels to be set 0.6 metres above the 1 in 100 year flood event level, inclusive of climate change. Therefore, the proposed finished floor levels shall be set no lower than 54.2 metres above ordnance datum level, as stated in Planning Condition 8. With regard to loss of floodplain, the model flood levels from the river provided by the Environment Agency show that the majority of the site in its existing state is above the 1 in 100 year plus climate change levels, i.e. 53.6 metres above ordnance datum. Consequently, the development will not cause a loss of floodplain. It is also worth noting that this has been previously accepted by the Environment Agency. Two, Anglian Water has accepted a pumped discharge of foul effluent into the existing sewer in Cambridge Road. Please see enclosed email. Three, the foul sewage network will be designed to build in regulation requirements uh, in connection with Anglian Water. Um, I think probably uh, they are those, just to recap, six, before demolition the site was nearly 100% impermeable, uh, etc., uh, and the site did not flood and the proposed development reduces the impermeable area by up to 40% uh, to confirm what the applicant said. Therefore, we can conclude that the new development is actually offering betterment over the previous use. Uh, thank you, Mr. Edward. Uh, Councillor Manel. Thank you, Chairman. I just wanted to hear Councillor Ranger's reasons again for refusal because he made some incredibly interesting observations um, with regards to the layout that could be uh, proposed here and I think it was that the houses should face the river and watch the flood rising in front of them um, but was that incorporated in his reasons because I would certainly support what he was saying because it also an improvement in the parking no, no, layout. No, no it wasn't and, and nor, nor can you. You have to have specific reasons why you're refusing not, not said about redesigning the site um, but I will ask Councillor Ranger to confirm what his re recommended uh, reasons are for refusal uh, so that Mr Taylor can note them or Mr Brown. It was Gen 2 design and Gen 8 vehicle parking standards. I've been looking again at whether H10 actually comes into as well because I feel that there's too many houses on the site which leads to the other observations. Um, right, thank you Councillor Ranger. Uh, well there being no further questions it's been uh, proposed. Just, Sorry and um, just on GN2 design I think are you just focusing on the garden sizes or is it a wider issue? 
Okay. And it's insufficient park, uh, parking spaces is, is your concern, isn't it? It's insufficient and uh, arrangement. Microphone. I could have made a note of if you look at plots, I think it's uh, 13 or so. They've got a back out um, and be backing out in the wrong direction if they've driven in frontwards, as most people lazily do. Um, and, they're, and they're actually going up towards doorways of other properties. It is, it is, it is a bad design. And it, comp it compromises the parking, it compromises the whole circulation of the site. Right, um, Councillor X is, is wanting to have the last word. Councillor X. Um, <coughs> Chairman, all I wished to say was that it uh, seems to me that all those various points that Councillor Ranger has made would be lumped together under the heading over development, I would have thought. Putting too many houses on and consequently throwing out the garden sizes, the parking layout and so on. So overdevelopment, I suggest, is perhaps what we are suggesting. Could, could you confirm what policy number that is? No. Not off the top of my head, no. Chairman, can I suggest that we stick with the two that we've got? Okay. Right. It, it, it's uh, been proposed... I'll withdraw that suggestion. Thank you, Councillor X. Uh, it's been proposed and seconded that this application is refused uh, on the re for the reasons outlined in terms of policies. Um, we'll go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. I'll abstain. Right. The application is refused. We now move on to um, three applications for the same uh, property at Thaxted, uh, 2358, 2357, 2359. Um, it would be appropriate to reshuffle these to a more logical sequence. Um, so we're going to take um, UTT142357 um, as the first application, and that would also facilitate reshuffling um, Karen Williams. Uh, to, to, to speak in respect of that application and, and there's a logic to why we're doing it this way which is associated with the, the time activity that would take place where all three are approved. Uh, so if we can start with 2357 um, and ask um, Ms Jones to... Uh, it's page 43. Are you, you up to speed members? Yes, yes right. Okay, I'll ask Ms Jones. Thank you. Okay. Um, a couple of housekeeping issues before I start. We have received two additional representations, one from Karen Williams and, uh, from a neighbouring property. However, she is speaking on this proposal, so I won't go into details. And the other is from Councillor Freeman, who states, um, I have been and had a close look at the above proposal, having lived in Faxted all of my life and seen a great deal of development over the years. I don't believe that the proposal for this site is detrimental to the street scene and the existing property is in need of major modernisation. The extension, I think, is in keeping with this property. I'd also like to draw members' attention to condition two, which, should the members be minded to approve, should read the window in the northern elevation. It's missed out the word elevation. This application relates to a listed building within development limits on the southern side of Bathford Road in Faxted. 
This is the site that members visited on Monday. The proposal is for the erection of a one and a half storey extension, demolition of a modern porch and for the erection of a cart lodge. There have been a number of objections received, however it is considered that the proposal would respond well to the local vernacular and would not diminish the special architectural or historic interests of the listed building or its setting. There are no windows proposed in the rear elevation and the only window at first floor level facing north serves as a stairwell. As such, it is considered that it would not result in any material detrimental overlooking of neighbours' properties and would not have any material detrimental impact on neighbours' amenity. Adequate parking for the size of the property would be provided. The application is therefore recommended for approval. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, for those members who weren't on the trip on Monday, this was a property that, that we visited, so half of you will have seen it, half of you won't. Um, we have uh, two speakers on this, and I would start with Karen Williams, uh, an objector. Hello. My name is Karen Williams and I live at Nine Townfield next door to Colden's Fee to the east. The proposed extension would have a detrimental effect on the listed building. The new bay and cross wing to be added to the gable end will result in the permanent loss of views of the southern end of this historic house from the footpath at the rear of the plot. There is no doubt in my mind that the proposed extension will have an overbearing and intrusive effect on Nine Townfield. The cherry tree, which doesn't seem to be shown on the plans, will have to be removed and in its place will be the new east-facing gable end, a mere one metre away from the boundary, half a, halfway along our rear garden. The fact that our other neighbour is close to our boundary is irrelevant, as they are on the same building line as us, and therefore not towering over our garden, unlike the new gable end. This will certainly have a negative impact on the amenity of our property. The north-facing glazed door in the new extension appears to be the new front door or main entrance to Coldham's Fee. This door is facing towards the rear of our house and whilst it is currently fairly well hidden by vegetation, it is at risk of invading our privacy, especially during the winter months when all the vegetation has died back. I'm very concerned about the movement of people accessing this front door along the walkway on the other side of our fence, which is not six feet tall as stated in the planning officer's report, but approximately five feet. This will cause a significant change in the level of disturbance as well as a security risk as any visitors to their front door will easily be able to look into the back of our property and I know this is possible as I would frequently speak to previous occupants over the fence as there is not a sudden drop on their side. Our house suffered from subsidence approximately eight years ago and after much expert investigation it was attributed to some of the trees in the gardens of Colson's Fee. The trees were felled and we have had no further problems and did not need to have any underpinning. I'm extremely concerned that work so close to our boundary will cause further problems. The planning applications for this extension in the new house and the next application to be discussed are inextricably linked due to the shared driveway and cart lodge. The planning officer has recommended on the report for the new house that any development be prevented until details of foul and surface water drainage and the hard landscaping features of the drive have been agreed. And no such restriction has been suggested for this application and this discrepancy would clearly cause problems should the plots be sold separately. To conclude, this application was rejected by the Parish Council. 
Holden Sphere is situated in a large plot, and we see no reason why a sympathetic extension cannot be built in a position which would not encroach on either neighbour. Thank you for your time and consideration, and I would like to ask you to please refuse this application. Uh, thank you. Um, we also have the agent as a speaker, Mr Ian Abrahams, and my apologies for misspelling of your name. Good afternoon. My name is Ian Abrams. I'm a local architect and was commissioned by my client to prepare the proposed alterations and extensions to Colden Fee Pottery. The extension, the existing property, is a part rendered, part timber boarded, timber frame, one and a half storey thatch, a grade two listed cottage. The cottage is set back approximately 23 metres from the public highway. A collection of single storey outbuildings, generally all in a poor state of repair, partly obscure the cottage from the highway. It is my view that the existing cottage is in need of modernisation to secure the long-term future of the property as a practical modern-day family home. The extension has been designed following pre-application discussions with the planning officer and the conservation officer. No adverse comments have been received from the conservation officer. The extension is subservient to the original listed building and follows the general principles of good design when considering an extension to a listed property including a lower ridge line and perhaps a change of materials. Following early discussions with the planning officer on the initial sketches, the proposed extension was reorientated so the gable end of the extension faced the adjoining properties to Townsfield. The proposed extension is located one metre from the boundary to number nine Townsfield, the neighbouring property. No windows are proposed to the gable end. There will be no, low, no overlooking from the proposed extension onto the neighbouring property and the ground level of, the of uh, cold and sea pottery is set slightly lower than the adjoining property. The proposed extension is located to the rear of the existing cottage and the site. It provides a new entrance hall, small study, cloakroom and a kitchen breakfast area opening onto the rear private garden. A third new staircase leads to a new master bedroom with an ensuite bathroom on the first floor. The existing highway access will be retained it has an established use as a vehicle access to Coldham's Fee. The conservation officer in her comments concerning the development at Coldham's Fee states, it could be said that the charm of this heritage asset, Coldham's Fee, will be made visually more accessible to the community by the removal of the unattractive garage from the front garden and the tidying up of the vegetation. I therefore reiterate the proposed application was submitted after careful consideration and detailed discussions and consultations with the planning department that included the conservation officer. No adverse comments have been received from neither. Either I trust for all the above reasons and the supporting documents previously submitted, you will support this application. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, now for members. Well, oh, thank you, councillors. You rescued us from absolute silence. Anything for you, Chairman? Um, when we looked at this, Mr Chairman, I thought to myself, why is the extension going that way? I would have thought the design of this causes a problem to the neighbours. If you stand on their patio, as we did, it would be very intrusive. And the fact that the prunus is about to be, would have to be removed, 
to uh, facilitate the building of this um, is further reason, in my opinion, for giving it much more serious consideration than, than we have appearing to, to be doing. If the extension was to the right instead of to the left, to be honest, I couldn't see any problem with it. But it does seem to be intrusive on one side of the garden. There is plenty of space on the other side, which would, I'm sure, not create any, any offence to anybody. I, I'm not happy with it, Chairman. I don't think I'll vote in favour. Thank you. Um, thank you, uh, Councillor uh, Easton. Um, well, ah, thank you, Councillor Hicks. You're keeping the theatre going. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, and like uh, Councillor Easton, I was, went to the site visit on Monday morning and uh, I also wandered round both sides of the house and surveyed the location that the new extension would be in. And uh, it, I'm, I really can't agree with the Councillor. I can't see that it was in any way overbearing or um, uh, created a major problem in the... Uh, uh, as far as the property at number nine is concerned, um, it, it seemed to me that uh, the questions of overlooking had been dealt with by no windows in that part of the extension. And uh, the height was such that I don't see that there's any problem about light or shading of the garden. So um, I, I really can't um, agree with Councillor Easton on uh, that count. And, uh, uh, in, in fact, uh, I, I think the way in which the extension has been located on that end of the listed building is probably the most sympathetic way of dealing, of providing a modern extension to a building of that age and, and uh, so deserving of preservation. So uh, um, I um, would um, uh, be much uh, more likely to support this application, Chair. Um, is, that, is that almost a proposal to accept? I, I, I will turn it into a, pro well, a proposal if you wish, Chairman. Yes. Very obliging of you. Thank you, Councillor Hicks. Um, you will need a seconder, though. Um, d d d is there a seconder? Oh, and, oh that speed of lightning. Right. Um, Councillor Mackman, you're a seconder. Do you wish to speak on the matter? No, I think everything's been said. Right, thank you very much. Okay, we have a, uh, a proposer and a second for acceptance of this uh, application. I see no other hands going up, so we will go to the vote. Um, that, uh, the proposal is that we accept the application as, as is, uh, and it's seconded. All those in favour, please show. Against? Two. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and a, and abstain. Okay, well, the. Three. Two abstentions, right. Do the numbers add up? Yes, are we, yes? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, right, in which case the application is, uh, is approved. Um, we move on to, uh, on the same site, to um, UTT 142358. Um, it's page 36 for those of you following it that way. Um, and I ask. Um, Ms Jones again to lead us forward. This application is for listed building consent for the erection of the extension, demolition of the modern porch and internal changes as discussed in the previous application. 
The only issues which can be considered are the effect on the listed building and its setting. Conservation advises that she suggests approval subject to condition. Therefore, the application is re recommended for approval with conditions. Uh, thank you very much, Ms Jones. Um, Councillor Magman. Oh, uh, yes, we have a speaker. I was going to ask, do you want to speak again, Mr Abrams? That's very obliging of you. Thank you. And Councillor Mackman. Thank you very much. Uh, I think it would be consistent that... Uh, yeah, uh, it would be consistent for us to uh, recommend this for approval because it's linked to the other one. Uh, Councillor Davey. Right, so we have a proposal and a seconder for approval. Uh, there being no other uh, questions to ask, we'll go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Two abstentions. Right, okay, then in that case the application is approved. Um, and now we move on to UTT 142359. Page 53. And I ask uh, Ms Jones to uh, lead us forward. Um, there's a couple of housekeeping issues on this one as well. There's three additional representations have been received since the SUP reps have been distributed. Councillor Freeman states, I think this site this sits well with the existing houses on the Bardfield Road. It sits back from the highway more than some other properties, has ample off-road parking and will be well screened by a new hedge. I have no reason not to support this application. Councillor Foley states, I apologise that I cannot make the meeting today. Um, I'd like to make it known that like Faxted Parish Council, I strongly oppose this application for all the same reasons and also, in particular, my fear of flooding in this road, which has happened many times before. The mainly clay subsoil prevents soakaways. The field ditch that ran across the site, top of the site, shown on the 1967 transfer plan, has been filled in, and that is why the water from the fields now flows down through Coldham's Fee. I understand Essex Highways were sufficiently concerned to require that a scheme be agreed and signed off before any development began. I'm worried that such a scheme would work and the effects of the underground watercourses in the vicinity of which there is evidence are incalculable. I feel for nearby houses 200 years old foundations which are not stable. Indeed the house is held together by a tie rod from gable to gable at first floor level. I understand that Nine Townsend, just next door, has also suffered from subsidence. Karen Williams, who will be speaking later, states that she has concerns re the removal of the front hedge, which will clearly need to be removed for adequate visibility displays to be provided, and in relation to highways requirement for a drainage plan. I'd like to draw members' attention to condition 15, which, should the members be minded to approve, should read the window in the western elevation. This application relates to part of the garden in the curtilage of Coldham's Fee Pottery, which is a listed building. It is, it is within development limits, located on the southern side of Bardfield Road in Vaxted. The front boundary consists of hedging and a metal gate, 
There's a public right of way to the west of the neighbouring property and this is the site that members visited on Monday. The application is for the erection of a detached dwelling and cart lodge and the demolition of an outbuilding and garage. Access to the site will be shared with the host dwelling via the existing access gate. The garden would be enclosed by a post and rail fence and parking would be provided within the cart lodge to the front of the cart lodge and in front of the house. The site is located within development limits of Faxted and policy S7 applies and this states that development compatible with the settlement's character and countryside setting will be permitted within these boundaries. The design of the house has been the subject of extensive pre-application advice meetings and the specialist conservation advice is that the proposal would positively, positively enhance the street scene by the removal of the unattractive garage from the front garden and tidying up of the vegetation. She recommends it for approval. There have been 13 letters of objection and a petition signed by 34 residents objecting to the application as set out in my report. In order to meet the sight lines recommended by Highways Authority, the whole of the front boundary would need to be removed. However, as the site is not located within a conservation area, this vegetation could be removed at any time without the need for planning permission. To reduce the impact of the removal of the hedging, a landscaping scheme is recommended. Several comments have been received in respect to flooding. The site is located in an area which has very low surface water flooding risk and provided that the recommendations within the flood risk assessment report submitted with the, submitted with the application are implemented, it is considered that the site can be developed in such a manner that surface water flooding would not result in an increase of pre-development levels. Any, any drainage provided would need to meet current building regulations. The proposal would not result in any material detrimental impact to neighbours' amenity. There would, be no, there would be some overshadowing cause. However, in view of the orientation of the buildings, it is not considered that this would be materially detrimental so as to warrant refusal. This is shown on the following slide. The proposal is recommended for approval subject to appropriate conditions. Thank you very much, Ms Jones. Um, now, we have two speakers uh, on this. Uh, first of all, the objector, uh, an objector, uh, Mr John Fahey. You can come forward and speak. You'd press the, the button that's in the, uh, in the bottom in the middle. Mr Chairman and members of the committee, my name is John Fahey and for 21 years my wife and I have lived in Woodbine Cottage, which is next door to and downhill of Coldham's Fee. We have read the planner's report and we think it places undue reliance on the recommendations of the conservation officer and not enough on the obviously detrimental effect which the development would have on the setting of the listed house. Our own agent, Stephen Boniface, is a chartered surveyor who is RICS conservation accredited and who works with the Society for the Protection of Ancient Buildings and the RICS to train other professionals, including conservation officers. He is accordingly well respected and he takes a completely different view from that of your conservation officer. 
on whom the applicants and planners have heavily relied. With respect, your officers' opinions are not the only opinions that may be valid in conservation considerations. The main issue is the general setting of the historic building, its place in the landscape, and in particular the street view. Although it's set back, the historic house was, until two or three years ago, always visible from Bardfield Road along the whole of its frontage. Unlike hedges and trees, a new house is not removable. The position, height and general bulk of the new house would greatly diminish the presence of Coldham's fee and its impact on the street view. As our agent has demonstrated, the new house would permanently block the view of the historic house from a significant section of the road. Woodbine Cottage is the only house on Bardfield Road which is set in front of the building line. That's because it's been there for 200 years, but that's no excuse for setting a second property in front of the building line. As for our own residential amenity, uh, due to a long extension at the rear, the predominant aspect and orientation of Woodbine Cottage is due east, directly towards the site of the new house. It is not south, as the applicants have falsely asserted and the planners have apparently believed. The new house would be much nearer the common boundary than its ours. Its foundations would be a metre higher and the flank wall would extend half the length of our garden. Contrary to the assertions contained in the design and access statement, the two-storey height of the house plus its roof would completely overshadow and dominate our house, our patio and garden. Our residential amenity would be severely compromised. So if this application were allowed, it's absolutely critical to us that the position and size of the buildings be determined before they're built, and we ask that the dimensions be stated and agreed rather than scaled off drawings, then errors may occur. However, along with the parish council, the Thaxted Society and all the other objectors, we urge the committee to vote to reject this application. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, we now have the agent, uh, Lucy Carpenter. Thank you, Chair. I apologise for jumping the gun earlier. This site lies within the development limits and falls on the road frontage, wherein there is a presumption in favour of development. Thaxted is deemed to be a sustainable location and the site is within easy reach of walking distance of the settlement's shops, services and facilities. A preliminary inquiry was submitted and the plans were amended to accommodate the conservation, area's comments, conservation officer's comments with particular reference to the siting, size and design of the new dwelling and its juxtaposition with the existing cottage and it attracted informal officer support. The design was carried out by Ian Abrams, an experienced conservation architect. It demonstrates a sensitively designed scheme that accords with the character of the area but does not compete with the listed building. It is modest in scale and height and would contribute positively to the character of the street scene. It would infer changes to the setting of the listed building. However, as the conservation officer's comments rightly pointed out, this is another change in a whole line of incremental changes. The vast majority of the housing in Bardfield Road being modern, at one stage the listed cottage would have sat in isolation. This is no longer the case and this proposal would remove unsightly outbuildings from the dwelling's frontage, replacing them with a well-designed building set to the opposite side boundary and in front of the cottage. Views of the listed building from the street scene would not be blocked off 
and the end elevation would become considerably more apparent from the public perspective. Indeed, the Conservation Officer points this out in her consultation response, that views of the property would be enhanced. The public contribution of the heritage asset would be maintained and enhanced. The Highways Authority has required a visibility band that would necessitate removing the frontage hedge. This will be replaced with a hedge set further back to ensure that the semi-rural character this site affords is retained. It will take a few years to become established, but the end result will be a well-managed hedge with improved vehicular and pedestrian safety for the proposed and host dwelling and members of the public. Flooding has been raised as a concern by some local residents. The Environment Agency has not raised any objections and their flood map shows the site as falling within an area that has a very low surface water flooding risk. The applicants have had an independent flood risk assessment carried out and this confirms that this is the case and that the site can be developed without increasing any pre-development surface water drainage onto the road. In respect of residential amenity, this too was carefully considered prior to submission. There will be 13 metres between the proposed dwelling and the adjacent dwelling. A professional daylight assessment and sunlight assessment model has been commissioned by the applicants and this demonstrates that the loss, that loss of light would not occur. The shadow assessments show that even in the worst case scenario in respect of the time of year and day, loss of light to the adjacent cottage would not occur. For all of the reasons put forward by your officers, the members are urged to grant planning permission. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm looking around at Mem uh, Councillor Magman. Thank you, Chair. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't think that we're here to consider aesthetics. I mean, there's going to be arguments one way or the other on the uh, suitability of this property, but I can see no policy reasons to refuse it, and therefore I recommend that we accept the uh, officer's recommendation. Thank you very much. Um, is, uh, I'll let, uh, is, that, is that a proposal? Or you'd, yes, yeah, that's a pro you do I not make that clear? Yeah, propose that we accept. Right, and is Councillor Hicks seconding that? Um, right, uh, okay. Um, yes, Chairman. <laughs> Councillor Ranger, you'd wish to speak. Yeah, thank you, Chairman. We've had several observations by um, uh, concerned neighbours, um, some of which obviously are not our concern today, such as subsidence. Um, but interestingly, the, the one point I picked up on the building line, um, two aspects to that. Um, if Woodbine Cottage has been there 200 years, that sets the building line for that end of the road, I would suggest. And if you project the building line of the front of plots three and four town end, across, actually this, this new building is set even behind that one. So um, I have no objections to this. Right, I see no other hands raised. So we have a proposer and a seconder for acceptance of this application. Uh, in the absence of anyone else, uh, uh, Councillor Hicks. I'd just like to add, Chairman, that having visited the site and surveyed the street scene from the opposite side of the road, I would have thought that the uh, proposed design and of the dwelling is very much in keeping with the street scene and uh, will only in, pr uh, provide enhancement rather than anything else in, uh, if it were allowed. So I'm uh, confirmed in my uh, approval. I had no hesitation that you wouldn't be. Um, right, we have a proposer and seconder uh, in favour of this application. We'll go to the vote. All those in favour, please show.
Right. Uh, the application is approved. We'll move on to U2T 142003, um, Saffron Walden, and for members that's on page 65. And uh, I'll invite uh, Mr. Theobald to, uh, to walk us through it. Thank you, Chair. Just um, a couple of points of housekeeping, first of all. Uh, members should note that the officer report states at paragraph 3.2 that the new building on this site would have a height at three-storey level of 11.2 metres and a height to the top of the fourth floor of 14.6 metres. This is, in fact, incorrect and should read nine metres for the third and 12 metres for the fourth, respectively. Members should also further note that the legal wording at the end of the officer recommendation for the report should in fact reflect the new council's, uh, council's new wording with reference to the conditional approval for the proposal being subject to a legal obligation where this in fact relates to the applicant contributions rather than the wording as shown. So I apologise for that. Now this proposal relates to the demolition of the existing petrol filling station at this site and the erection in its place of a mixed-use three-storey building for flexible commercial and retail use, including B1, with two floors of residential units over, involving five two-bedroom apartments on each floor, with an amenity terrace on the top, where it is stated that the ground floor in part could be used for the applicant's development company headquarters. Now this is the, uh, the front elevation. Uh, the site currently has a rather run-down appearance within a mixed-use frontage due to the closure of the filling station, which is not allocated for employment retention use within the Council's local plan or indeed its draft local plan. The site constitutes previously developed land and the MPPF seeks the redevelopment of Brownfield sites to bring them back into viable use. And it is considered that the submitted proposal represents an opportunity for the site to be redeveloped for an appropriate mixed-use scheme where officers consider that the scheme as presented would serve as something of a focal landmark point building at this commercial location at its juxtaposition between Thaxted Road and Shire Hill Industrial Estate beyond. As such, officers consider that the proposed use is acceptable in principle, where the use is not required to be subject to a retail impact assessment given the ground floor space involved, where this does not exceed 2,500 square metres for the, the ground floor, and where it is additionally considered that the intended flexible uses would not have a significant impact on the town centre and therefore does not need to demonstrate a sequential test where the applicant has stated that the building would not be used for, for food retailing and therefore not compete on this basis as an edge of town location. Now moving on to the design aspects. Um, this, uh, this is the rear elevation here which would... Uh, uh, back onto the, uh, the lane going to Shed's um, lane at the back. Thank you. Uh, this is a cross-section showing the, uh, the, the site context. Uh, this is Shire Hill rising behind. This is Thaxted Road and this is the dwellings on the other side of Thaxted Road. 
this is looking on at the principal elevation. This is Shire Hill going up here. This is the dwellings rising up beyond. And this is a um, uh, MOT uh, car service workshop on that side. Uh, this uh, shows the parking at the front, which will be for the, the ground floor commercial or retail use. Uh, this is empty space for flats uh, for the first and second floors. This is an underground uh, car park plan. Um, I'll just go on to say the building would have a contemporary design and appearance with extensive use of glazing for the principal elevation at ground floor level with external cladding, cladding above. The scheme would have frontage surface parking to serve the ground floor units whilst this underground car park uh, would serve the apartments. The scheme would also have a communal private amenity space for residents comprising a zoned area to the rear I've just shown and also uh, this is a recreational roof terrace where the combined rear amenity space between the two would meet and exceed the 25 square metres minimum, minimum usable amenity space per apartment. It should also be noted that a lift is provided to both the first and second floors. Soft planting is proposed along the site frontage. And this is just a view as uh, members will be aware of the current situation. Uh, this is looking to the junction with Shah Hill and that's looking beyond to the, the south likewise up Shah Hill and this is on the other side of uh, Thaxted Road with uh, predominantly residential although there is a commercial building just down here this is the access through along the back um, with some planting there so just go back to the principal elevation I can find that for you So the proposed building incorporates a modern design where it is put forward by the applicant that it would make a strong design statement for this prominent corner location rather than relying on a more traditional design approach where adopting the latter approach could result in a pastiche and possibly contrived form of development, particularly as it is noted that the building grain along this section of the road is such that there are few, if any, vernacular building forms from which to take a design cue. As such, it is considered by officers that this design approach is acceptable for the site where officers are not uh, considered to take into account uh, the design in these circumstances, subject to a planning condition relating to agreed external finishes, where the applicant has provided a detailed specification in this respect for further consideration. In terms of scale and massing, the building would stand higher than adjacent buildings, although the partial flat roof fourth floor roof canopy, which is that, uh, would be set back from the principal elevation and would therefore lessen its impact within the street scene. In terms of amenity, the building would sit back by some 30 metres from the site frontage, whilst the separation distance across Thaxted Road would be approximately 22 metres. It is considered that this distance is sufficient to avoid significant overbearing effect or loss of privacy to the occupants of these residents situated opposite. Uh, with regard to other matters, the site layout and parking arrangements are considered satisfactory by Essex County Council Highways. Um, it, the site is shown to be at low risk of flooding, uh, flood risk one or possibly two, where the Environment Agency has not raised any objections. And the applicant has confirmed that it is willing to pay affordable housing and education contributions for this development, which would equate to two affordable housing units at 20% for this 10 dwelling scheme. 
So therefore, Chairman, it is therefore recommended that the proposal is recommended for approval subject to appropriate conditions. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Mr Theobald. We have two speakers, and the first is an objector, Mr Paul Gadd. Good afternoon. Uh, we're opposing this scheme um, because the building proposed is out of scale with the rest of Thaxted Road and indeed with the adjoining parts of Shire Hill. I should say at the start that we're not at all against the principle of redevelopment. The site clearly needs to be redeveloped and we're very much in favour of a redevelopment which would be in keeping with the rest of Thaxted Road and the surrounding area. The reason for opposing the application is that, as you've seen, the planned development would be largely three storeys with a lift access shaft and associated machinery making half the building four storey. In addition, the rooftop gardens proposed. At present, as you'll see, the whole of Thaxted Road consists of buildings which are essentially the same height, largely two-storey houses with a number of commercial buildings. None of the commercial buildings are higher than the two-storey houses. As you could also see from the officers' pictures, the garage was one storey and lower than the surrounding two-storey houses. Additionally, the lower end of Shire Hill is very different from the rest of Shire Hill. It is entirely two-storey houses or very low commercial buildings. It's also partly shielded by trees. There's no relationship between, this gap between the garage and the industrial buildings further up towards the middle and the top of Shire Hill. The proposed development would therefore be completely out of keeping with the rest of the Thaxted Road and Shire Hill. As the application says, this is a prominent site on the Thaxted Road because of the road curvature, so the visual impact would be even worse. The application is therefore in direct breach of the relevant UDC planning policy on the design for new buildings. The relevant policy, policy Gen 2, states very clearly that development will not be permitted unless it is compatible with the scale, form, layout, appearance and materials of surrounding buildings. The proposed building is clearly not compatible with the scale, form, layout or appearance of any of the surrounding buildings, as the planning officer's report admits. The planning officer's report describes the site as a prominent site and that the building will be a landmark building. Despite being much larger and more imposing than all surrounding buildings and made of completely different materials, the planning officer's report claims the development would be acceptable under policy Gen 2. We cannot see how they can come to such a conclusion. If it is the case, you may as well not have planning policy Gen 2. It seems to us the application is in clear breach of the policy Gen 2, and I'd ask you to reject it, but invite the developer to submit a proposal in keeping with the surrounding buildings and in compliance with policy Gen 2. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Gadd, and thank you for your brevity. Uh, we move on to the agent, uh, Brian Christian. Thank you, Mr Chairman. As your experienced members will know, this site is a redundant garage. It's had a history of being a convenience retail store and retailing of petrol and retailing of motorcycles. In addition, it had a long-standing use of motorcycle repair workshop and a car wash. Its immediate neighbours are a factory to the rear, a vehicle repair shop to the side, an electricity substation to the side, all of which are set on much higher ground as shown. Warehouses are opposite and in a minority, just a few scattered houses nearby. Changes in petrol retailing, familiar to all of us throughout the district, coupled with the now obsolete building, have led to the business ceasing and the site becoming derelict. Consequently, as your local members will know, it's been an even worse neighbour over recent years. It's an eyesore. 
Indeed, much of Thaxted Road has been an eyesore in recent years, after a generation of change, away from the heavy industry down the road, closing of the gasworks, Harris's scrapyard, Goddard's contractor's yard. Indeed, this same developer is close to finishing off the Goddard's yard housing scheme, and what an improvement for the town that is. Your committee should congratulate itself on approving that scheme and compliment this developer for contributing towards the improvement of Thaxted Road. This scheme can similarly add to an ever-improving street scene. I know many of the business owners on Shire Hill. They like the design and approve of the proposed uses. They are united in wanting a scheme which lifts this miserable corner and gives an important pointer towards Shire Hill, a place where Saffron Woolen people can do business and be pleased with their sense of place. This site area is clearly a mixed-use area, and mixed-use here gives everyone what they want, continuing a retail use, offering some commercial office space, and offering an important number of small homes for people within easy walking distance of the town. The scheme includes valuable contribution of equivalent of two affordable dwellings. The mixed residential use can also offer the higher quality of building detail needed to lift this corner. War criticised the design, but there is not one piece of existing architecture surrounding this site worth taking a design cue from. If you copy ugliness, all you get is ugliness. You have nothing to be frightened of with modernism in a modern building. It gives a freshness and vitality which this part of town is sadly missing. The developer is building many new homes for sale in this part of town. Do you really think he would want to risk harming his own backyard with poor design? Chairman... Saffron Walden has 15,000 residents, and very tellingly, there are only eight objectors, only three of which live near the site, and even they are remote from the site due to the wide road and how this building is set back. And indeed, they are not critical of the style of building. Indeed, two of these three residents dwell happily in houses I designed. Chairman, this is not a greenfield site allocation. It's a beneficial development of a brownfield site, and I ask your members to support the recommendation. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Christian, for living us up at an otherwise dull hour. Um, right, we, um, we have members who want to speak. Heavens, they're everywhere. Um, I'll, I'll start with ladies. Uh, Jan. Uh, in as far as I know Brian Christian, he's acted for me in the past, but I have no financial interest in this at all. Uh, right, uh, okay, can, can we note that. Uh, right, ba back to Councillor Monell. Thank you, Chairman. As has been pointed out, this is an eyesore and has been an eyesore for a long time. But I would like to know, under condition four, a little bit more about the landscaping to the frontage of this that's proposed. I don't see anything at the front at the moment, but there is something in our uh, papers mentioned. Yes, uh, Councillor, um, just briefly, if you can see, this is the, the ground floor plan, and this would be uh, a strip of uh, soft landscaping where it could be subject to, to planting. Um, I don't think there's uh, <coughs> services which would restrict it, but obviously, uh, bearing in mind what it is, um, there would be a uh, uh, extensive remediation carried out to this uh, site before we can consider putting planting in and so therefore I would expect to be a situation where it's got to an inert state where the environment officer is happy with it 
and we can then start looking at uh, soft planting to in some way uh, soften that uh, street scene and the, the condition which uh, is the standard landscape condition uh, I would like to ensure that it would be a, a good uh, planting strip um, with appropriate uh, street scene um, uh, planting uh, along there. Uh, thank you very much and I think moving around uh, Councillor Eastham you are uh, uh, Thank you Mr Chairman um, I note that the uh, the application is for mixed use. Now, further up Thaxted Road, we had a situation where there was a mixed use arrangement which was approved. Only part of the mixed use didn't actually take place, the kilns. That was mixed housing and um, work space. Uh, this is quite different, Councillor Easton. This is commercial at the bottom and then flats above it, quite different from the kilns, which was work and play in the same house building. Work and play, work and play. <laughs> um, a, a graphic description, Chairman, um, and I'm, I'm obliged to you for it, for the enlightenment. Um, I'm just concerned that the commercial aspect will be taken up if the commercial aspect will be taken up by the, the uh, Ford Wells development as their offices, then I can see it being quite a success. Generally speaking, I would object to the design of this um, on the principle that it's, um, it's boring. But having said that, it's appropriate in its location. Um, it is a little boring, but then so is Shire Hill Estate boring. Um, and as far as the houses in the area are concerned, well, there are not, uh, there's not one type of house. There are so many varieties of houses. I, I have no objection to this, Chairman, and I, I think it might look quite interesting. I would, I would um, counsel about the uh, design the materials, though. The officers look really hard at it and make sure that it's appropriate. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Easton. Um, Councillor Perry was next, I think. Thank you, Chairman. I take a different view, I'm afraid. Um, if, it was on, if this was on Shire Hill itself, I'd have no hesitation but agree in it, but it's not on Shire Hill. It's completely... I don't think Saffron Warren's ready for something like this. If it's dampened down and darkened down, it might be different. But I see that uh, nothing... I can't see any slab levels because the land all the way around it on both sides and the back is at a much higher level than anywhere else, and I fear flooding... I also fear that the underground car park has become an attraction for a different variety of people. So, different design, I'd agree with, but not this one. I'm sorry. Thank you, Councillor Perry. Uh, Councillor Salmon. Thank you, Chairman. If we pass this as a planning application, as a building, have we any got control over what goes in the building, or is it just a free hand afterwards? I will invite uh, Mr Theobald to comment on that technically. I think I know the answer. But yes, uh, Chairman. At the moment, it's a, a flexible use for commercial and retail. Um, there is a condition, uh, because we discussed this uh, before the, um, uh, long before the meeting, as to, to what would be appropriate and what wouldn't be appropriate in terms of uses and, and users. 
Now, um, it was suggested by the applicant uh, a long time ago, it may be for a single large space user as a, a showroom, for example, which would be a, an A1 uh, use. Um, uh, it stated that there would not be any food retail, and I think we're reasonably happy for a flexible use uh, subject to the condition which um, we've put on that says what wouldn't be appropriate, uh, which is B2, uh, which is heavy industrial, and B8, which is uh, storage and distribution. Uh, neither of those uses we think would be appropriate with its interface with the, uh, the, the linear uh, dwellings um, opposite and to the side. But we think that providing those two are taken out and the applicant has agreed to that um, uh, to say that we, we are not being unreasonable um, on that, that a flexible use here would be appropriate subject to that, to that condition. Uh, thank you, Mr. Thibault. Mr. Taylor would like to make a comment. I just wanted to add to that, which picked in uh, one of the other views about, um, with the, uh, from Councillor Easton about loss of commercial. So you'd be granting commercial on the ground floor and residential above if anybody wanted to use the, gra the ground floor for anything other than commercial, they would need to come back and apply formally to the council. So you wouldn't be losing, there is that, well, fl the flexible um, uses in relation to the type of commercial uses, it wouldn't, it's not flexible in terms of using that for residential without coming formally back to the council, which, if this was approved you know, over the next 10 years, would come back to you in terms of a, um, a, an application before you. Thank you for that uh, clarification, Mr. Taylor. I think uh, Councillor Lachlan was next. Thank you. Well, I, I do have some concerns. I, I'm not uh, against uh, building on, on this site, but I, I actually think, uh, and according to Gen 2, which I have in front of me, it actually is overbearing. The officers in their report say that this section of Thaxted Road, which consists mainly of older-style linear housing, well, no way is that older-style linear housing. And uh, also, uh, Gen 2, in um, paragraph A, says it is compatible with the scale, form, layout, appearance and materials of surrounding buildings. Well, it obviously isn't. And um, H says it minimises the environmental impact on neighbouring properties by appropriate mitigating measures. Well, I don't know what those mitigating measures are here. There's a tree, a couple of trees in the picture. But I actually think, uh, in many ways, it is not... Uh, applicable uh, to uh, Gen 2 and uh, I, I actually do have some serious misgivings about this this particular building and I don't think I could vote for this. Thank you Councillor. In fact I won't vote for this, sorry. Uh, okay, well let's hear all the evidence first, shall we? Well, um, I'm, I'm listening to all the evidence uh, but uh, from what I've heard so far I won't vote for this. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Hicks, you were next, going around the clock. Oh, I beg your pardon, Councillor Ranger is signalling as well. Um, oh, <laughs> Councillor Hicks, um, ignore this, uh, these uh, side, side remarks. Thank you, Chairman. I'll try very hard. Uh, I merely wanted to um, pose the question that perhaps uh, to stop Councillor Easton being thoroughly bored, maybe he could think about this as a nodal point. Good one. Right, Councillor Ranger. <laughs>
So I think it's exciting, it's well thought out, and it's a pity that Saffron Warden is not ready for it, because it's coming, I think. Um, if I'm being picky, they've missed a trick or two. Flat 1 and 6 don't have an ensuite, and uh, flats 4 and 9 have a, a room that's not annotated. I'm guessing it's bedroom 2. So, um, I, I, I think it's interesting. I, I would like to think that on the back elevation, which is um, predominantly dark, uh, material it could perhaps do with um, a vertical band between the two lots of windows um, to lighten that up with a, perhaps a, a coloured render anyway that's personal um, we had a representation said it uh, doesn't comply with Gen 2 it never did it's a replacement building um, I don't know the age of the existing building I guess it predates some of the um, mix of housing along Thaxted Road anyway um, there is nothing wrong with this it's exactly what's wanted for that building and it says a great deal for this council if we allow it thank you have yeah, we not had a proposal I got yet? so excited I assumed that was oh, a proposal yes, propos right, so we have a proposal uh, uh, yes, Councillor Higgs you're seconding him I, despite I, him insulting you I would like to second it. Right, yes, I think it is have a, a very good and, noble and, and, point. And second. Excellent. Well, uh, we have one more speaker, so uh, Councillor Campbell uh, have the last word. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I absolutely agree with what Councillor Ranger has said. Um, I think it's an interesting building. I think um, it needs careful control of the materials, and I understand that that has already been... Um, looked at and thought about um, and I think in terms of surrounding buildings this is actually going out of the town towards um, the Lord Butler Centre towards various buildings that are being on the hillside going out of the Thaxted Road going out of the town I don't think it pretends to be anything other than it is um, I think it will make quite interesting flats the ones particularly on the corner look very attractive um, and uh, I personally am quite pleased to see some interesting new buildings coming into Saffron Walden. Um, I think, you know, we're, we've been sort of building pseudo-Victorian um, and um, Elizabethan buildings for so long that I, I think it's really interesting and exciting to see something which is uh, innovative and, um, and good to look at. I like it. Thank you, Councillor Kant and Councillor Manel, your time. Just one thought, Chairman, because I'm not against this either and, and will go with the recommendation, but it, it, one thing that does strike me when you're looking at the materials um, later on is the glare aspect, because if this is pure white and an awful lot of glass, could that be looked at with consideration for the houses opposite? Uh, thank you very much, Councillor Manel. Uh, you're absolutely right, the... the, um, the, 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 the how it's finished will become a critical, uh, critical test in the future. Uh, and um, I, I think Mr. Theobald knows he's uh, on his mettle here. Um, we have the, the press here as well, who want to report it. Uh, Councillor Mackman. Yeah, I mean, th this springs me, reminds me very much of the building that we gave permission for recently on the Radwinter Road, the old people's. And I'd make the same suggestion that I did on that, which is that, you know, could we sort of, Make, make a note to the uh, developer that if they could break up the outline of the building, whether, whether with materials or paint or mosaic, because I, mean, I, I find that quite an interesting, challenging design, but as it is at the moment, it's too monolithic. It needs to be brought in. 
Uh, thank you, Councillor McMull. I think Mr Theobald uh, recognises the challenge he has. Uh, right, it, it has been uh, proposed and seconded uh, that we accept this proposal. We will go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Those against? 2. Um, the uh, application is approved. Um, uh, yes, yes, you might. Um, I recognise there are elderly in the room who need help. Um, <laughs> we will have a six-minute break and be back here at two minutes to four. <laughs> This meeting is paused. 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 This meeting is paused.
This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. 
This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting. We will now continue uh, and we're looking at application uh, UTT 14 uh, 2514 and uh, Ms. Ms. Shoesmith will uh, once again lead us. Oh, Councillor Ranger. Chairman, I uh, forgot to declare an interest as a member of the Housing Board on this item. Okay. Non pecuniary. Non pecuniary. Okay, that's noted. Um, Councillor Lockman. I'm a member of the Housing Board too, so. Okay, that's Not noted as well. <laughs> Councillor Manel is right. Good, good. That's okay, right? Uh, so that's four, right? <laughs> that's it. Yes, Ms. Um, do start. Thank you, Chairman. The application site is located off of Catons Lane in Saffron Warden, um, located within the develop development limits of the town. Um, I don't think this is actually the best site plan, um, but I'll. Um, the site in question is um, 40 council-owned garages, uh, which are located here, off of Catons Lane, uh, which is where access is gained. You've got the properties which are sited along Catons Lane, um, Walden Road, Little Walden Road as well. The green, which is um, to the uh, north of the application site, and um, new affordable houses which have been built to the eastern um, part of the application site on Limes Avenue. The... Um, the site levels of the site fall away from Little Walden Road towards Limes Avenue um, of roughly about a metre to a metre and a half difference in ground levels. There are various trees, um, existing trees on site which are located along the boundaries. There is mature hedging along the entrance into the site as well. The application is for the demolition of the garages uh, which are in a poor state of repair at present and the erection of six council-owned affordable dwellings with associated car parking and amenity space. Sorry, um, I thought the layout would have been a little bit bigger to, so I can explain it in a bit more detail. Um, nonetheless, um, the scheme consists of um, four two-bedroom dwellings and um, two one-bed dwellings which are located here. Each of the units um, 
have their own off-street car parking spacing with the exception of the two one-bedroom units which would be located opposite, um, adjacent to the proposed visitor's car parking space. Table 3.4 within the officer's report on page 80 shows a breakdown of the scheme in terms of the car parking and amenity space for each of the units. The um, dwellings um, accord with the amenity space provision apart from one of the one-bedroom dwellings which is short by five square metres. Um, nonetheless, the scheme also accords with the parking standards. The design of the properties have been orientated um, at angles from the existing dwellings um, with regards to the back-to-back um, -back distances uh, from the existing dwellings, the standard being um, having at least a back-to-back -back distance of 25 metres. The scheme actually exceeds that with a minimum of at least 31 metres um, at um, one uh, a point which is located about here. The orientation of the scheme and the design avoids, has been designed to avoid any overlooking of the neighbouring dwellings, of which I'll show you the layout, internal layout and the elevations in a bit more detail in a second. The dwellings in themselves are also designed um, at a height of, whilst two-storey, designed at seven metres in height, which reduces the bulk of the uh, dwellings um, in order to respect the constraints of the site. The site itself has also been laid out to avoid an existing gas main which runs through the northeastern corner of the site, um, which um, is, as I say, um, has, the scheme has been designed to, um, to avoid the gas pipe there. The public right-of-way which runs through the site, um, there is an existing public right-of-way which comes through the site at a pinch point past the garages and through to Caton's Lane. This is proposed to be retained and improved as part of the scheme, um, creating um, a more open and naturally surveyed um, site um, which provides an improvement um, to that which is there at present. Also as part of the application, it's proposed that um, a small tree uh, as you enter into the site will be removed to allow for the scheme. Also, an existing hedge which is located adjacent to the boundary with 14 Catons Lane is proposed to be removed and the, the boundary fencing um, set back um, further against the flank of the dwelling to allow for a widening of the access into the site um, to allow for two vehicle movements um, at any one point. The dwellings themselves, um, this is what the dwellings are proposed to look like. Um, this is representative of the two-bedroom units, um, which is located to the north and as you enter into the site at the bottom uh, south of the site. As you can see um, on the elevations at the first floor level, windows have been sensitively designed um, to help reduce any um, overlooking of the neighbouring dwellings, particularly of the northern corner as well. Um, this window here, which would be closer to um, these dwellings here, would serve a non-habitable room as well, um, again, um, to avoid any um, perceived overlooking. The single bed dwellings would look like this, um, with the flank window, with the windows um, proposed to be set along the flank elevations, again, to... Um, 
remove any elements of overlooking at the first floor re-elevations. Again, this is what um, the first floor re-elevation um, uh, with the dwellings that front onto um, Little Walden Road would look like. Again, um, sensitively designed in terms of the window openings. The layouts... Um, this is of these um, single bed dwellings, um, again the two bed dwellings. This is a cross section of what the site would look like with the dwellings located here within the site. Um, the dwellings located at the green um, at this section here and Caton's Lane so you can see a change in ground levels. And this is um, of the dwellings on Little Walden Road um, going towards the dwellings on Limes Avenue. This is uh, an indicative um, view of what the dwellings would look like. This being as you enter into the site from the public footpath in the northern corner and as you enter into the site. Um, the scheme overall, um, it's sited within a... Um, a location that is sustainable. The design is considered to be sustainable um, <coughs> with no issues arising. Um, no objections have also been raised by the Environment Agency or the Access Officer with regard to the scheme. The dwellings will be designed to an equivalent of Code Level 3 and to lifetime home standards. Overall, the scheme is considered acceptable. Therefore, approval is recommended subject to the conditions listed within the report. Thank you, Chair. Um, uh, Councillor Redfern is the first, but um, we seem not to have her this afternoon. Um, uh, therefore, we'll move to uh, Nick Green, the agent. Thank you. Um, Councillor Redfern asked me to pass on her apologies. Uh, she's been delayed at another meeting, I understand. Uh, my name is Nick Green. I am an architect representing Saunders Boston Architects. We're based in Cambridge. We've been working with Uttlesford District Council's Housing Services Department to uh, design this scheme, which you now see before you. Um, obviously, it's a scheme for six affordable houses, which will be owned and maintained by the local authority for people on their housing list. Um, as you've heard, the site's in a, a very sustainable location. It is very near to the town centre. Um, it currently has an access through the site, which is used by local people to um, access from the northeast, uh, northeast to the southwest. And the proposal is to retain and improve this access. Um, currently, it's through the disused garages and is quite lonely and dark um, and not very well observed. Uh, the proposal will hope to rectify that by producing a, a more high-quality route, uh, which is well observed. There's also a number of trees around the site. Um, these are not protected, but they are um, very significant to the uh, townscape in this area. Uh, the majority of these are being retained by the proposal, um, with the exception of one smaller tree which is being removed, as you've already heard. Um, the advantage to the scheme of this is to provide additional um, screening for neighbouring residents and also to create a better sense of place and a more mature uh, environment from the outset. Um, as you've heard, there's six, uh, six houses in total, uh, four two-beds and one one-bed. These have been designed um, in line with the emerging design guide, which uh, Uttlesford District Council's Housing Services Department are putting together, um, and they will be to the equivalent of Code of Sustainable Homes 3, and they will um, hopefully provide pleasant, uh, spacious environments for people on the housing list. 
The scheme has developed over a number of months and we have had extensive consultation with both the planning, Essex County Highways, Essex Police and the Waste Services Department as well as the Internal Housing Department. Um, we've also had extensive public consultation with an event held at the nearby football ground where the majority of comments were positive um, from existing neighbours. Um, and number 14, which is a council-owned house, uh, the tenant has had extensive discussions with regard to the changing of the boundary condition. Um, with all that in mind, um, I'd uh, request that you uh, consider the application in a positive light um, in line with the officer's recommendation. Thank you very much. Well, I've got a background in affordable housing, and I must say that I really welcome this scheme. Uh, garages disused or used for anything other than storing a car in and back courtyards are just a source of constant trouble. And the fact that we have an opportunity now to get rid of these and provide housing, which is really needed, um, I I'm really pleased with. Um, the only question I would have, and for house number 14 is probably having a much valued um, hedge taken away. Um, what is it being replaced with? Fence. It's a fence. Is it a six-foot fence? Because there's a certain amount of privacy element in here. But I really am really pleased that at last this garage scheme is coming uh, off the ground, and I would happily propose a recommendation. Thank you very much. And, and Councillor Magwin? Second. Okay, so we have a proposal and second. Uh, right, Councillor Perry, you wanted to speak. Thank you, Chairman. I also welcome this. I think it's great that we're doing it. It's something that the Council needs to do to get the numbers down, particularly on our lists. Um, I have a couple of concerns or a couple of suggestions. The condition one for exp expiration of three years, could that be reduced to two? Mainly because it's needed by the community as a whole and the sooner we can get on with it, the better. Also, the biggest problem to Catons Lane is parking. And I would like a condition or something there to make sure that all commercial vehicles are on site with the road built or access done first. And lastly, um, when they built Goddard's Way just a short distance away, all the drainage, um, surface water drainage, comes down behind that site and I'd like to make sure that we have a drainage condition that's satisfactory to make sure that doesn't cause a problem. Uh, thank you, Councillor. Uh, I'll ask Ms. Shrewsworth to comment on uh, the, the drainage and the other point you raise. Thank you, Chairman. Um, condition 8 um, details um, have been required regarding the estate roads, footways, and including surface water drainage as well. Um, with regards to the other conditions, I'm just having a quick scan through. Um, being condition nine, um, also covers details of um, of the roadways, carriageways, um, and surfacing. Um, if I might comment, I, I suspect, Councillor Perry, you're, you're concerned about 
parking on this site by people who have no logical reason to be there, like white vans and so forth. So, sorry, do you mean builders during the construction? Yes, I do. Yes, so, which is, okay. So condition nine requires that before the commencement of any of the dwellings, the new road, the widened road has to be constructed. So that will enable an improved access way into the site before, yes, they might start demolishing the actual stuff, but before lots of stuff starts. If we go back to the layout, this is Smith, um, you can see that there is limited space on site. So I think we have to take that into account. But there is some space on there, so it would be possible to park some vehicles on there as part of it. But we've got to take into account the fact there is limited space on that site to create a compound or anything like that. Clayton's Lane on does have a free car park. Sorry? Clayton's Lane does have a free car park, which would be better rather than obstruct local people that live there. Yes, that's, I'd suggest that might be outside the planning remit to deal with that. Can I just comment on condition one, which is I don't think there is a strong reason to reduce the number of years from three to two. We've done that in the past in relation to bringing it forward in relation to the five-year land supply, but that's not an issue now. I don't think there is a, an issue in relation to the housing department wishing to delay the commencement, so I don't think that's a specific issue. Um, but I don't think in planning terms necessarily it, there is a justification for bringing it forward. There is a demand, that's all I was trying to uh, say. Uh, Councillor Ranger, you were, I think, next. Yes, thank you, Chairman. I need to say that uh, in Councillor Redfern's absence as a one-time deputy, um, the work that's going on in the housing department to produce schemes like this is, is excellent, and uh, as we're on public record, you ain't seen nothing yet. Excellent to hear. Now, uh, being no further question, we have a proposal in... Oh, Councillor Manel, you're... Sorry, Chairman, but Councillor Eastham asked this question on site the other day about solar panels, etc. Uh, we do have a model house in Wendon's Ambo, and I would, through you, could I ask Councillor Ranger if the attributes of the environmental aspect of that house are being addressed here? Uh, no, I, I don't think it's, a, it's appropriate for Councillor Ranger. He's, he's the ex-deputy uh, of, of housing. Um, but um, uh, I, I might also ask Mr. Schuster's comment on uh, uh, solar panels. <laughs> Thank you. The uh, dwellings are designed to the equivalent of Code Level 3, um, but it's proposed that there will not be solar panels um, on the dwellings. Um, but what... So they are proposing to meet the equivalent of Code Level 3 standards, but the solar panels aren't proposed uh, to be part of that scheme. That may change, however, as, as it goes on. Um, Mr Chairman, yeah. uh, I'm pleased to hear that that may change, because I think it's vital that we do all we can in our own housing to make it as self-sufficient in, in terms of energy as possible. And this will be a big step forward. Uh, Mr Taylor would like to comment. Um, I completely understand and agree with you. However, we must differentiate our role as a housing authority and our role as a local planning authority. The planning authority, this, is, this scheme, in terms of its sustainability credentials, is absolutely fine and meets policy. There is no 
concern in relation to that. Anything separate going above code level homes uh, in producing greater energy efficiency might be absolutely fine and laudable and supportable, but that's a separate decision um, for the developer to take. In planning terms, this scheme is absolutely fine and meets our policies. So we can't ask for more as part of that. Thank you, Mr Taylor. It, it has been proposed and seconded that we approve the scheme, so we'll go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Uh, unanimous. Right. The application is approved. Um, we now move to UTT 142426 in Thaxted, and um, Mr Mills will uh, lead us on. Chairman. Okay, so land east of Barnard's Field. The application site is located off Barnard's Field in Thaxted at the end of an existing residential street on land that is currently used for agriculture. Outline planning permission has already been granted for the erection of eight dwellings on the site and the current application seeks approval of the reserved matters. The density of development is approximately 27 dwellings per hectare while parking spaces and rear gardens will be provided in accordance with the Council's adopted parking standards and the Essex Design Guide. Four of the dwellings would have three bedrooms and the other four would have four bedrooms. And I'll show you some of the street scenes. Um, it's considered that this is an a appropriate sort of Essex Design Guide style uh, uh, dwelling that's in keeping with the the um, established pattern of development in the existing residential streets um, and with the styles prevalent in the elevations there. I've got a photograph there of the existing development and the proposed development would begin just through here on both sides, just for reference. There's the block plan again. So that is the entrance to the site from Barnard's Field. Um, yeah, it's recommended that planning permission should be granted subject to the conditions set out in the officer's report. Thank you very much, Mr Mills. And I'd remind members we visited this site when, not that far ago when we uh, gave outline of planning permission, so you're familiar with it. Uh, we have no, uh, no formal speaker, so I go straight to Councillor Mackman. Thank you, Chair. <coughs> uh, I've got uh, no reservations about uh, proposing that we accept the officer's recommendation and uh, approve this. Uh, thank you. Um, I, I think Councillor Davy was first. As, and you're, you're seconding I'm seconding. Yep. So we have a proposal and a seconder. Um, Councillor Perry. Councillor Godwin. Right. It has been proposed and seconded that we uh, accept this application. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Right. The application is approved. Um, if we can move on to UTT 14176 Takeley, and um, Ms. Jones is uh, back with us. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, this application relates to a site in Brewers End, Takeley, within development limits. To the west of the site is a village hall, and to the east is a youth centre and the village cricket club. 
The application site consists of a large detached building in a large curtilage and is vacant at present. Opposite the site are modern residential properties. The proposal is for change of use from an African cultural centre to a guest house and conference centre. The current proposal does not involve any external alterations apart from additional parking spaces. There would be eight bedrooms for guest use and three bedrooms for staff use. The conference facilities would only be available during the daytime between the hours of nine and five and held in the lounge area. Adequate parking would be provided. Councillor Cheatham has emailed requesting conditions relating to hours of working and no airport-related parking are attached. The proposal is recommended for approval subject to conditions. Thank you very much, Ms Jones. And now we have no speakers on this, so um, Councillor Mackman. At the risk of being boring, the same as previously. I've got no reservations with this. Quite happy to approve it. Uh, thank you, Councillor. And, and Councillor Lachlan? Okay, so we have a proposed and seconder. Uh, do members... Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. Um, just a question for um, the officers, really. If, if this is approved, what are the limitations or the conditions under which <coughs> the use could be extended in the future on application? Sorry, do you mean in terms of hours, or do you mean? Right. House and a conference centre, and if they wanted to go anything out beyond that, they would have to apply for planning permission. Well, actually, within inside, make the conference. Oh, extend the building. They would require planning permission. The limitations on that would be car parking, presumably, is that all? I think car parking is the critical issue on that particular yeah. site. In terms, of it, 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 it washes its own face now in terms of a proposal, but any further extensions, yeah, we've, parking may be a limitation. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Ranger. Councillor Hicks, you were on to comment. Thank you, Chairman. I'm really got round, you got round to the point I was going to make, which is if the accommodation, the residential accommodation, is intended for um, use in conjunction with airport travel, um, is there any uh, way of uh, putting a restriction on the number of cars parked within the um, um, uh, bounds of the establishment? Um, by people who are in fact uh, travelling from Stansted Airport. There is an, a problem with off-site parking around the airport and this um, is taking advantage of that in the sense of providing overnight accommodation but uh, it's the car parking that can be critical. I don't know if an officer wishes to comment on that. At, uh... I refer you to condition 3 um, which restricts the parking for um, only to people who are staying there overnight and only on the night that they are actually staying. They can only park there on the night that they are actually staying there. If only you would read the detail, Councillor, because it's already there, you see. Sorry, Chairman. Does it actually state that? I don't quite read that there, in, um, as, as the officer was saying. You said in section three. 
Condition number three. On the, turn oh, the page over. Three, page 106, three. and, it, and ah. it, it clearly says what it says. Would you like someone to read it to you, Councillor Hicks? Or it <laughs> I think you're being very rude, Chairman. <laughs> I will give you an apology, therefore, Councillor Hicks. But then you're good at that. I, I, I think, um, Councillor Easton, you're going to have the last word, are you? Just a question, Chairman, point of clarification. Mention was made on possibility of extension. One understands that this would require planning permission. However, certain conditions um, need not be met. For instance, is permitted development rights, have permitted development rights been withdrawn from this building? It wouldn't have any permitted development rights. Right, thank you very much. Well, no further questions there. We'll go to the vote. It has been proposed and seconded for approval. Uh, all those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Thank you very much. The application is approved. Now move to UTT 14 uh, stroke 2412 uh, Felsted, and Mr Brown is going to uh, lead us. Chairman, um, I, I perhaps ought to say that um, uh, from the point of view of making a declaration, um, that I, I do know the applicant who was formerly resident in High Easter, when, uh, uh, which is part of my ward, and I knew him when he was chairman of the parish council, but I have no pecuniary interest. Thank you, Council Reason, as noted. Thank you, Chairman. This is a proposal for a demolition and replacement of two-storey extension on the old post house, which is a Grade 2 listed building within the conservation area in Felsted. Um, this is the current situation on the site, whereby you have currently this, what is quite a strange relationship to the rear of the property, and what it's intended to do is to change that to that. So you're actually doing additional... I'll go back a bit just to just show you the difference between the two. Um, You've currently got a flat roof, extension, flat roof extension there and it's set back in that particular situation there. What they intend to do is to utilise the roof space and to actually bring this bit forward. So it sort of um, straightens it up, if you want of a better word. This probably shows it better in terms of you've currently got a, an ingress roof space there and to bring it forward. Uh, that's a better relationship here. The, the, the conservation officer has no objections to the proposal in terms of the impact on both the listed building and the conservation, office, conservation area. The considerations, and you will hear this probably from the speaker in a moment, in terms of some of the concerns relate to the impact that the proposal will have in terms of overlooking into the residential garden on the house adjacent. Um, the proposal does include, as you see, there's currently an existing window there, and if I go back a bit in terms of the elevations, you'll see that the proposal actually does propose additional windows in this location here and the concerns are that these windows will introduce overlooking onto the garden into this into this property here but as members see there's already a window in that location so it's not actually considered although it won't be introducing additional um, overlooking to the proposal because the critical window is actually in that location already so it's not considered that this would cause a detrimental impact upon the residential amenity the joining proposal so the application is recommended for approval chairman uh, thank you very much mr brown now we do have one speaker and objector ruth jenkinson if you uh, press the button in the bottom button in the middle
Um, I'm here today to ask for a referral with regards to Mr Mills' planning application. Mr Mills is my neighbour living in the house opposite mine. The old post house to which my home, Jasmine Cottage, is attached is being developed by him to be either sold on or rented. Both properties are grade two listed and in a conservation area. Mr Mills, the developer, withdrew his initial application for, to accommodate conservation officer requirements, yet the fundamental problems of overlooking and overshadowing from that initial application still remain in this second application. The post house is currently a large three-bedroomed house of approximately 1,620 square feet with a small back garden of about 820 square feet. The proposed extension will result in a house of some 1,830 square feet, considerably increasing the building mass and reducing the garden to about 768 square feet and overdevelopment. To turn the property into a four-bedroomed house, a window is to be located to the far left of the rear elevation, totally overlooking and overshadowing my back garden, leaving none of it private. Currently, about a quarter of my back garden remains private, and I particularly treasure this as I'm a respite foster carer. I'm not at all against the old post house being developed sensitively, but no thought has gone into the impact of the current plans will have on my home. Although invited, the developer has not come to view the plans from my back garden, nor has the architect asked to do so. I understand that under the Uttlesford local plan there are some criteria to be met concerning developments within envelopment limits, and that these include that development does not result in any material overlooking or overshadowing of neighbouring properties, and also that any development would not have an overbearing effect on neighbouring properties. So I would very much ask that these are taken into consideration. Parish Councillor Alan Thorley and Councillor Marie Felton, who each came for a site visit, immediately understood my concerns over the impact the, the fourth bedroom window would have in terms of overlooking and overshadowing. Here is a photo taken from outside my back door to show the negative impact of this window. I believe it relevant to the well-being of the parish to note that this overdevelopment is being done as a commercial property development for personal gain, will not be lived in by the person, and is not in the interest of the local community to have a larger house there. Chelmsford Road is a main road already suffering from great parking difficulties, and our section of the road serves ten houses, but only three of them have drives. Due to its width, residents from the other seven houses have to park on one side of a small stretch of Chelmsford Road. Extending the post house is only likely to add to this parking congestion. I only ask that the committee defer a decision today and instead come and see for themselves the impact such an overdevelopment will have on both properties, gardens and the road. Thank you for letting me speak today. Thank you. Um, Councillor Easton. Chairman, can I propose deferral for a site visit, please? Uh, yes, I'd like to see it. Are you asking for a reason for a site visit? No, no, I, I, if you don't want to give one, you've given one. You, know, you want to see it, that's fine. That's, um, Councillor Davey, you were wanting to comment. Just to echo the other comments, I, th I think it Stop. needs to be Stop. seen. Stop. Um, I'm reminded we need to immediately go to the vote. Um, so it has been... Yes, yes, thank you, Councillor. It has been proposed and seconded that we go for a site visit. Um, all those in favour, please show. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I'll, I'll abstain. Right. 
Uh, we will go for a side visit. Chairman, does that cover the next object as well? Uh, right, Mr. Brown wishes to speak. Yeah, we can have I just applicant? say we now have a list of building applications, and I, can I recommend that we also defer that one for a side visit? <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. So if we can now move to UTT 142413, which is the listing building consent, um, and um, uh, it would need a we have a proposer. Is there a, sec a second, Councillor Maxman? It has been proposed and seconded for a site visit in respect of this listed building application, uh, please uh, all show. 12-1, right, okay, very good. Uh, therefore, we'll have another site visit. Right. Um, uh, we move on to UTT uh, 142333, Debden, uh, and um, we have Ms. Shoesmith again. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Since the writing of the report, an additional four representations have been received and have been circulated um, today. The application is for the erection of two detached um, two-storey, three-bedroom dwellings with associated access and garaging. The application site is located outside the development limits of Debden, um, 60 metres to the west of the village envelope. Um, village envelope um, starting about here. The site is located between two properties, the host dwelling, uh, which is Hill House, and New Cottage, um, which is located to the south. The proposed dwellings will be accessed from Church Lane, um, there is an existing access um, which is proposed to be utilised by Plot 2 and a new access is proposed to um, be created to serve Plot 1. The proposed dwellings would be set back from the main road by 7 metres um, which would allow for the proposed dwellings to follow the existing building line. The dwellings would have um, a height of 8.6 metres and 8.9 metres. The statutory consultations and representations received have been highlighted within the officer's report on pages 119 and 120. This part of Church Lane is characterised by detached dwellings along the southern side of the lane um, with um, gaps of landscaping. Um, there's landscaping along here and where the built form is located along the south here, it becomes more sparse as you go further westwards. The dwellings will be set back, as stated, from the lane and, have a, and be of a vernacular design. Um, existing landscaping would be retained to the rear of the site along here. Um, it has been concluded within the report that the development would not erode the rural character of the countryside at this edge of village location. Debden itself is a sustainable location and is located within a reasonable walking distance to the centre of the village. The principle of the development is acceptable. The size, scale, materials and design of the proposed dwellings is compatible with the surrounding area and is considered acceptable. The design has been um, 
the dwellings have been designed to mitigate um, the impact upon the amenities of the neighbouring occupiers with adequate parking and amenity space for both plots being provided. Quickly go through the design. This is um, the design for plot two, um, which has been designed in a um, T-shaped format with um, a detached garage to the side of the dwelling. Similarly, um, plot one um, has a T-shaped format but orientated um, at a right angle. Um, again, um, also it is proposed that we'll have a detached garage adjacent to the side of the um, dwelling. Um, no highway objections have been raised and an additional highway comments have been received since the writing of the officer's report. Again, this has been circulated. Um, with regards to the third-party objections that have been raised um, that have been highlighted within the report, um, I'll read the additional comments that have been submitted by Highways. Church Lane um, in Debden is an unclassified rural no-through road uh, and as such planning consent would not normally be required for vehicular access. The proposal is for two dwellings, each to be served by a vehicular access with a parking provision in excess of the current standards and also a turning area to enable vehicles to exit the site in forward gear. Whilst Church Lane is a single track width, there are many similar lanes in Uttlesford. I have checked the personal injury um, accident record for Church Lane for the last three years and there have been none. The additional vehicle trips generated by two dwellings will be negligible and although it is acknowledged that Church Lane is a single track, the width is not considered to be significant severity to warrant recommendation of refusal of the proposal as it would be difficult to substantiate this if further justification was required. The single track nature of Church Lane means that the vehicular speeds and volume of traffic will be very low and it is therefore considered that there are no highway safety issues. Further to this, um, due to the nature of the scheme, um, this, uh, it would provide a financial contribution towards affordable housing, um, of which it, this has also been highlighted within the report uh, in accordance with guidance. As a result, uh, approval is recommended for the development um, as it accords with policy, subject to a unilateral undertaking with amendments to the heads of terms which have been listed within the report, um, removing the, um, the provision of council costs and monitoring fees in section one, um, small section two and three within the report, also subject to the conditions as outlined within the report, subject to the omission of condition three, which is considered to be duplicated by Condition 8. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you very much, Ms Shrewsbeth. Um, we have a number of speakers for this, a um, number of objectors, but we also have Councillor Knight, so we wish you to start, Councillor Knight. Um, thank you for the time. I'm at a slight disadvantage because I came into this uh, late. I, I have uh, been abroad on business and came back and have had representations made from 
local residents. Um, and I have made inquiries and been delving into this. So of a number of points, unfortunately, because of the shortness of time, I haven't got things in writing, so, uh, but I can produce things later. Um, I'm concerned on a number of, uh, of issues. Uh, I know that we have a housing problem and we've got to build lots of houses, but this constant building outside of the build line is concerning me. This particular road is not a classified road, um, neither is it a road really. It was a cart track just to serve tied cottages uh, to the farm and the um, vegetable gardens of what was previously Debden Hall that no longer exists. Uh, it's also the, the route to the church. Because of the nature uh, of the village, um, it's also used as an overflow car parking for the teachers at the um, school uh, and consequently um, parents picking up their children. The thing that concerns me is when I started to look into this, uh, it would appear uh, that the entrance that is there now, um, whilst not needing um, planning permission, most certainly did need plan permission from Essex County Council and an application pack needed to be filled in. Uh, I have had it confirmed from Essex County Council that permission was not sought um, for this uh, vehicle access. I've also appertained from previous owners of Hill House that there never was an access point there. So there is the irregularity of the access point. Also that there was uh, a, a very um, healthy copse there and all the trees were cut down and this was where bats were kept and there was no um, permission sought in re relation to the rules uh, relevant to um, the area where bats are concerned. So there are issues that concern me. The design of the houses I think are very nice, very excellent, but I think it's totally unsuitable for this particular aim. What I would like to ask is has the planning committee done a site visit? Because I honestly do feel, and I would really like to uh, recommend that a site visit is carried out because, and the reason for this, some years previously, not that many years ago, Mrs. Nina Fisk applied for permission for an access to uh, a building at the back that she was going to turn into two dwellings. So it's the same number of dwellings. Highways came down on this like a ton of bricks with all the relevance points listed that I'm sure some of the speakers will list. It's a hazardous lane. It is it's not, when you say single, we, people tend to think there's lots of pull-ins and driveways. When I say single, I mean the leaves touch either side of a car when you go down at certain points. It's a hazardous road. Nothing has changed from when it was refused because of the situation of the hazardous road for Mrs. Fisk. And I am concerned that until you actually see the site, you cannot genuinely judge this case. So I would urgently ask for a site visit. I would like this deferred for a site visit to be carried out and for the reasons given by highways, which I find extraordinary, that they have changed their tune when absolutely nothing has changed since the last application in respect to the relevance other than an access point being added without permission. Thank you.
thank you very much, Councillor. Uh, uh, item f paragraph 5, relevant site history, none. Is this so? You can ask that later when we have a. We haven't finished yet. Yeah. Right. Um, we, we have a uh, number of objectors. Uh, we could start off with Henry Blackie. My name is Henry Blackie, and I'm a member of the Parochial Church Council of Debden Church. <clears throat> and I'm here to represent the Parochial Church Council. Uh, perhaps I could remind members that the PCC, the Parochial Church Council, is responsible for all aspects of church, the church in Debden. Legally responsible. And as such... It has a material interest in any matters affecting access to the church. Now the church is about 800 years old and Church Lane is called Church Lane because it was the, old, the access to the church and predates any other development in Church Lane. That is why it's called Church Lane. The church is well used and in any one year a, a good number of occasions take place in the church. Obviously weddings and funerals. We've had two weddings this summer and sadly we've had uh, five funerals. We have the special services. Remembrance Day service coming up shortly the Christmas Fair at the end of November, the carol service in mid-December, and the Christmas services, children's service and Christmas Day services. Then, this year and in most years, we have a concert in the church. And then we have the regular services. And we have services for the school, because the school is a Church of England school and has close ties with the church itself. Now, access to the church is in three, three categories, if you like. Firstly, pedestrians coming down from the village or going back up to the village. Secondly, those who park in the village hall and walk down to the church. And thirdly, cars. We have parking spaces for about 50 cars uh, at the church. Funerals and weddings, you could generally expect there to be up to 50 cars parked there. And they require access, and the access is Church Lane. So you can see that the frequency of services and activities in the church shows that it needs unrestricted access, and any development which harms that access, harms the church. In conclusion, 
Councillor Knight referred to an earlier decision of this committee, and perhaps I could quote from that, the rejection letter. In addition, it would make access by the single width church lane, which has substantial uh, substandard visibility and close proximity to a busy junction. Any unnecessary intensification of use of this substandard lane would be hazardous to highway safety and residential amenity. That was a decision of this committee. It's an entirely accurate description of the lane then and now. And therefore, the PCC requests that the application be refused. Thank you. Fine. Thank you, Mr. Mackey. Um, we move on to Judith uh, Forster. Good afternoon. I am a governor at Debden C of E Primary School, which is situated at the top of Church Lane in Debden. Unfortunately, the chairman of governors and the head teacher have prior commitments, and therefore I am speaking on behalf of the governors, head teacher, staff and children of this school. As a church school, it is vital that we are able to use the church on a regular basis for collective worship. For example, our Harvest Festival service last week was attended by many parents and other stakeholders. In addition, we hold regular practices for school events and as a location for learning and teaching. In addition, the area around the church is used for nature lessons. As a result, children frequently access the lane. Whilst in our care, the safeguarding of the children is paramount. Risk assessments are in place for all visits to the church and concerns are always raised about the care required whilst walking down and back because of the narrowness of the lane, the high banks not mentioned earlier and the state of the road surface, particularly in the autumn and winter. There is absolutely no room for vehicles to pass as the road is too narrow to allow children easily to stand to one side. Our very real concern is that, should the building work go ahead, there would be a number of very large vehicles using the lane, which would make it extremely precarious and probably impossible to use safely. The road surface would also become hazardous. Finally, access into the church from the village is on a bend and adjacent to the school. The extra traffic would be of great concern during the extremely busy dropping off and collecting periods when parents and children would have additional traffic to negotiate. Thank you for your time and listening to our concerns. Thank you. And we have a further speaker in Jane Pearce. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jane Pearce, and my family and I have lived in Debden for over 26 years. Church Lane is my favourite part of, the of this lovely village, and I regularly walk down the lane and have done so for many years. One of the features of Church Lane was the woodland that stood on the proposed development site and which was raised last year. 
This wood was home to a variety of wildlife and walks down the lane at dusk always had the added enjoyment of watching the activities of the bats around the wood. The applicants claim that there were a number of trees but these had been cleared over the years. I find very curious. The wood had an abundance of trees right up to last year when the remaining 95% of them were felled. If proof were needed, there is an aerial picture taken in 2012 which most certainly does not reflect a sparse wood. It would have been a requirement to obtain a felling license before the work was carried out, but I can find no evidence that a license was issued, and as the few exceptions do not apply to this wood, one can only presume that no license was obtained, and this is an offence. It is the responsibility of both the landowner and the contractor to ensure a license is obtained before the felling takes place. Furthermore, in the ecology advice submitted, the instruction was given that the site was not to be cleared until it had been inspected by an ecologist. The applicants totally ignored this and just six days later had the site cleared before instructing an ecologist to inspect. An action that the applicant's ecologist described to me as astute. I would be interested to know if the landowner carried out the required bat survey survey and who is solely responsible for this before the trees were felled to ensure the many bats that used the woods had not made roosts in the trees as the woodland provided ideal conditions for bats habitat. Bats are a protected species and destroying their roosts whether occupied or not is a criminal offence and is punishable by up to six months in prison. I believe any permission to build must be put aside until these issues are resolved and if any legal activities have taken place, then refused. Old maps show the proposed development site has been occupied by woodland since at least 1877 and for the wood and biodiversity to be decimated in the pursuit of money is nothing short of sheer greed and environmental vandalism. If this application is not rejected, it will send a clear message to future applicants that they are free to ignore rules, regulations, instructions and the law with impunity and without any negative impact on their application. Thank you for your attention. Thank you. Um, and the penultimate speaker is uh, Mr Ray Pedler. Thank you, Chairman. My name is Roy Pedler and um, I live next to the proposed development. In 2004, this road was deemed hazardous. In 2014, it's not. How can this be? Does this mean safety standards have been relaxed? There's got to be consistency. Our whole legal system is based on precedence to ensure consistent judgments. So what is the truth? I'd like to tell you the truth of using this lane. It's pretty unforgiving. There's no room for error, no capacity to allow for human fallibility. Drivers travel too fast. There are high banks and hedges that aren't cut, although they should be, narrowing the road with no escape route. It gets dark at four o'clock in the winter. Many people walk down there with no torch. If a driver doesn't see them, there's nowhere to escape. The daily reversing we all have to do to let others pass is dangerous and frustrating 
and many drivers simply can't reverse safely. People are fallible. There needs to be a margin for error. We all know of near misses. There's been no new buildings in this lane for 60 years. It's outside the village development limit. A lot of people are watching this decision. We're not really just talking about these two houses. There's a lot of space to build more. But each house generates traffic more than just its own vehicles. Each household will have oil tanker deliveries, septic tank trucks, supermarket deliveries, online orders, the cleaner, the gardener, the tradesman, the visitors, the friends. This lane cannot safely accommodate all this traffic. We know planning policy has changed and there are housing pressures, but we're not on the local plan for housing allocation. The pendulum has for planning consent has swung too far the other way, in my opinion. And there's irony here too. The lane has the school at the top and the church at the bottom, two significant cultural touchstones, promoting tolerance, consideration and care. And here we are discussing an application urging you to sacrifice the safety and care of our community and especially our school children in favour of avarice and expediency. A woodland with bats has been clear felled to enable this application to go forward with an easier track. This is not the right place to build even two houses, much less give a green light to a lot more. I ask the committee to consider carefully the wisdom of this application and the wider implications that will follow. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Pedler. And uh, now Ms Pedler. Good afternoon. My name is Ilsa Pedler and I live uh, in New Cottage next to the development. This application is outside Debden's village development limit. Surely a, vill a village development limit is there for a reason. Policy S7 says the countryside will be protected for its own sake. Development should only be allowed if it needs to take place. These houses do not need to be there. Their appearance will certainly not enhance the countryside. In fact, they'll have the opposite effect and destroy the quiet rural nature of this lane. I understand the national planning policy framework also has to be considered and takes a more positive approach to sustainable development. Much has been made of this word sustainable in the reports. I'd like to be clear, this is not a sustainable development. This proposal would not contribute to the local economy as it would not bring any jobs or services into the village. It would not enhance the community in a social way. The sort of people that buy three-bedroom detached houses are not going to be hopping on the local bus. And as for contributing and protecting and enhancing our natural environment, this development would have exactly the opposite effect. Sam Heath herself says in the report that the NPPF does not favour new housing within rural areas. So why are we even considering it in this place? There are several other areas within the village that are much more appropriate and landowners only too happy to use their land for it. The Uttlesford local plan has an adequate five-year uh, supply of land for housing and no land for residential development has been allocated in Debden. <clears throat> so these houses are unnecessary and would cause more harm than they would bring benefits. They're contrary to policies F7, the NPPF and the local plan. As a final point, I'd just like to comment our, on our amenity. The applicants, their agent and Sam Heath have all been quite free with their opinions as to how we would be affected. I'd like to say, as the person living next door to it, our amenity would be affected. We'll have gone from being next to a mature woodland to within 10 metres of two houses. These houses overlook our garden. We will have no privacy in our garden. These houses overlook our bathroom. We have no privacy in our bathroom. 
it's not just about us. Sam Heath mentions mitigating this effect by appropriate boundary treatment. What could she possibly mean? 30-foot conifer hedge to block, out, block, out, block it out? Perhaps we can plant some trees. That would come full circle. But it's not just us. It's the immunity of everybody in the village. The dog walkers, the churchgoers, the ramblers, the horse riders, and the school children, and the safety of the school children. Uttlesford has its plan. There is no need for these houses. It's the little lanes in North Essex that make it such a beautiful place to live in. If you destroy this piece of Uttlesford, you destroy it forever. It's not just for us, but for future generations. We would ask you respectfully to refuse this application. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you very much. Um, the applicant would have the right to speak. Are you asking to speak, Mr. Abrams? Right, okay, fine. Um, you, you technically have 20 minutes, but 20 minutes. we'd probably oh, appreciate if you took I promise less. I won't bore you for that long. Oh, fi oh, yes, 15. 15. You have 15 minutes. But I'll be as short as I can. I'm well late in the afternoon. But thank you, Chair and members of the committee, for letting me speak. Um, first of all, I just want to say what I've prepared, and then I shall just answer some of the important points that have been mentioned this afternoon. Um, preliminary inquiry advice was sought in um, recognition that this site does lie outside the development limits and a positive response from the council was provided and it was on this basis that we proceeded forward to an application. The site lies within the top section of Church Lane and that is characterised by frontage housing on the southern side of the road. It is situated in the midst of this cluster of housing, after which the lane changes in character to a far more rural and open aspect leading down to the church, and that's a very important point to remember. I concur with your officer's report that the site is well defined, with houses to either side, a tree belt along the rear boundary that follows the line of the adjacent curtilages that will be retained, all ensuring that there is no intrusion into the open countryside. The site is situated just beyond the development limits and very close to the centre of the village, but it does not represent open countryside, being enclosed on both sides by residential curtilages and having a frontage to Church Lane. It is well defined and within the built-up part of the village. These characteristics will ensure that there is no harm caused to the countryside character. The houses themselves are set in spacious plots are well-designed, adhering to Essex vernacular principles and will accord well with the character of the lane being set well back, reflecting the building line with hedges along the frontages. The site represents a genuine infill plot. That is a limited gap in an otherwise built-up frontage. It also lies within a sustainable location within easy walking distance of Debton Village Centre with its shop, school and restaurant. There is a good bus service. The proposed erection of two dwellings would meet all of the three strands of sustainability as set out in the MPPF. It would provide valuable additional housing, purposefully designed for the context of the site and its surroundings, contributing socially and economically to the local community. With respect to residential amenity, there is one dwelling close to the common western boundary. However, the proposed dwelling will be set gable end towards the boundary, some 10 metres away, with the projecting rear element inset taking it even further away. Windows look out to the rear, so it would not result in overlooking, and I concur with your officer's view that loss of amenity would not occur. Um, I'd like 
Now just to go on to a few other bits that were mentioned, um, firstly by Councillor Tina Knight and, and some of the other representatives um, regarding this refusal by the Highway Authority for another scheme. That doesn't relate to this site. From my understanding it relates to a site that is right at the end of Church Lane. Um, and I understand that an alternative access had already been approved that went not via Church Lane but onto a more direct route and um, that the applicants came back with an alternative access onto Church Lane which the Highway Authority then objected to. So I urge members to consider the relevant considerations, the relevant highway considerations are only the specific comments made by your Highways Authority in respect of this site. Highways have been consulted twice and categorically they raise no objections to the traffic associated with two dwellings. They say that the traffic associated with the two dwellings would be minimal. It is also relevant that it is so close to the top of Church Lane and where Church Lane emerges, it's in the centre of the village where all the facilities are. Furthermore, um, I don't consider that this proposal would lead to on-street car, on car parking. We've got more than sufficient space on site to meet the council standards and also turning facility on site. So I think the representations that have been put towards you almost suggest that there's no parking provision and that this is going to lead to on-site parking provision. I don't consider that that's going to be the case at all. I'd like finally just to touch very briefly on the tree um, aspect. I understand that the applicants felled some trees um, on, a, on request of the immediate neighbour that were close to their boundary. That then left others within the site weakened because they were exposed to the elements and all the time advice was taken by an arboriculturalist and carried out by a tree surgeon and um, the trees that were weak and were, were in danger to property um, and public safety were removed. Um, I'd like to urge members, please, to grant planning permission for this infill site. And I'd just like to say that the trees, from what I understand, weren't, um, weren't felled during the nesting season, which is March through to September. So I'm not aware of any regulations having been um, exceeded. Okay, so I'd like to urge members, please, to grant planning permission. Thank you. Thank you very much. I see a number of hands have gone up. Um, I, think, I think Councillor Mackerman was probably first. So. Thank you very much, Chair. I'd like to propose that we defer this on two grounds. Uh, firstly, I think it needs a site visit. But secondly, I want clarification on the situation regarding the felling of the trees because uh, bland assurance that uh, they were weak and sickly. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that Bob Easton would have, uh, Councillor Easton would have plenty to say on the, yeah. that. That's the Two, two reasons for deferral, as I say, I hope, hope we can get that. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think the second one is actually a reason for, de, for deferral, um, but you need to expand on the first one. I, what are you seeking with, with the deferral? Well, site visit because... Uh, we want site visit. Site visit to see the lane, see, see the state of the lane, the width of the lane. Okay. Do, do, do you have a seconder for that app? Heavens. Are, are you all seconders? No, I would like to second, Chairman. And I would like to also state... I think everyone else wanted to... Well, yeah, sorry. It's, it's, you can't discuss. You, 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 are you seconding it? I am. Yeah, excellent. Okay, we have a seconder. Right, we have a proposer and a seconder to, uh, to uh, uh, institute a site visit. Uh, all those in favour, please show. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Those against? One, two. I, I, I shall abstain. And one abstention. Does that add up? Nine, ten, eleven. No. Well, Sorry. Well, one short, aren't we? Over here, two abstentions. Ah, oh, oh, it's two abstentions. Two, two abstentions. Right. Okay. Right. That's therefore, we will. Uh, the matter will be uh, deferred to a side visit. Um, fine. That, that's the end of the matter, Councillor. Can I ask a technical question? No. Could the District Council please define village development limits for the satisfaction of all parish councils? Um, probably, but I guess I'll have to ask uh, uh, if we've not already done that. Yeah. Um, uh, the answer is yes, we, we've already done that. It's defined. There's becoming no such thing, and all parish councils rely on village development limits. We have no such thing. We, we, we do, Chen. We do have uh, development limits in the current local plan and in the new emerging local plan. The issue has not been about development limits, but changes to national policy, um, which have meant that other issues have overridden them. Um, right, we move on to um, UTT 142569, and um, Mr. Taylor leaves us as a uh, conflicted person, um, and we turn to um, you mark that Ms. Uh, Shoesmith. Thank you, Chairman. Okay, thank you very much. Um, members' attention is drawn to the supplementary representations which has been circulated, which outlines um, further representation that has been received from our landscape officer. The application site is located on School Street within the development limits of um, Great Chesterford. It's also located within the conservation area and the school itself is a Grade 2 listed building. The application is for um, the alterations to access points to include partial demolition of a wall to create a new internal footpath, um, relocating existing gates to the new access close to the highway, including the replacement of existing ranch-style fencing with brick and flint walls um, to match the existing boundary wall treatment, also a new gate to uh, pedestrian access to the west of the playground and a sliding gate to give access to the car park for the staff. I'll go through the slides individually to, uh, to break down uh, what's being proposed because there's quite a lot, well it appears to be quite a lot that's been proposed. Um, this here is the outline of the boundary wall at question. It's proposed that um, We've also got a listed building application, which I'll discuss separately, but fundamentally an element of wall, which is, forms part of a listing, is proposed to be demolished to allow for an internal pedestrian footpath within the school site, taking away um, the, uh, pedestrians um, from the highway itself and to go internally through the site for safer access. Also, as part of the scheme, um, there is a gate here that's proposed to be um, amended. The wall treatment here is proposed to be realigned, um, which I'll show pictures in a second, um, 
to clarify that in a bit more detail. Also, there is a gate here which is proposed to be amended as well. Right. Um, the, the main access, which is this section B here, uh, this is the existing view of that access. It's proposed um, the timber fencing, ranch style fencing and the metal gates to be admitted and replaced with a brick and flint wall and a traditional um, wooden gate um, treatment. The alignment would, uh, would change slightly as well, bring, um, setting the wall back to its original alignment, um, still maintaining a form of a drop-off point um, should, um, should that be required. Um, also, uh, the gate to the, which is located here, is proposed to be amended from this, which is effectively in two sections, into one single gate, which is proposed to be sliding uh, to allow easier access into the um, staff car park. Now, the element of brick wall which is proposed to be removed is um, an element of about two metres which is attached to a listed building, um, hence the requirement for a listed building application. Um, this, as stated, would allow for the pedestrian footpath um, to go through um, where the, the current section of wall is at the moment and through the site itself to allow for ease of movement. Now, these are pictures of um, what's existing at the moment to give you some idea of what's there. Um, also, how it proposed to, um, to change. As you can see, there's a slight alignment difference and also a change in material to a more traditional material, um, which would be more in keeping with, um, with the listed building setting. This is a different angle um, of the gates showing the pull-off section at the moment and um, how it's proposed to be realigned. It still would allow access into the school um, playground should that be required. The existing gates to the car park, um, that's what it currently looks at, like at the moment. Um, not a great change um, other than obviously the nature of the gate which would be more sliding. Um, this is an internal picture um, of the top section which one of the gates is proposed to be amended and the pedestrian footpath which is proposed to run through the site, hmm. of which we don't have a picture of. I do apologise. I know, I did. Um, sorry. Oh, it's all the way down the bottom. Yeah, I do apologise. Right. Um, there was a picture, and it looks like I failed to add it on here, and I do apologise. But effectively, it is a metal gate similar to um, what's existing at the moment. Um, So that, that metal gate would be amended to match effectively the, um, the timber gates which are um, proposed here. Um, the scheme in itself, there's no highway objections, um, no objections in terms of its design and choice of materials. It will be in keeping with the conservation area and sensitive to the setting of the listed building. Um, 
Approval is recommended subject to conditions and the amendment um, of the landscaping condition as outlined within the supplementary representations. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you very much, uh, Councillor Chisworth. Uh, I'll do this alphabetically, so I'll start with Councillor Davy. I propose we uh, accept the recommendation, Mr. Chairman. Um, uh, Councillor Mackman, would you... Uh, I'd like to second that. And uh, would it be possible to do the two applications in tandem, or do we have to do them separately? Right. They are separate applications, okay. and we do them separately. <coughs> so happy to second. In that case, I, uh, we will go to the vote. Uh, all those in favour of approval of the application, please show. Unanimous. Um, right, the application is approved, and therefore we go to uh, 142570, which is the listed building. Um, Councillor David. Proposed. Um, we haven't heard it yet. Oh. <laughs> um, I, th I think there is a due process we have to go through, uh, and, and Mr. Shusith um, very, very well. has to continue. So we'll pass to her, and she will lead us on. I won't regurgitate my presentation, but fundamentally, because the, um, the partial demolition of the wall um, to allow for the pedestrian footpath and the wall being linked to the listed building, uh, listed building consent is required. Again, no um, concerns regarding the setting um, of the listed building and its integrity, no detrimental impact considered. Therefore, um, granting of listed building consent is recommended. Thank right, you. thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Davey, you wish to say something? <laughs> Uh, and does Councillor Mackman want to second you? Um, therefore, we have a proposal and a second. And are there any questions before we uh, go to the vote? Uh, right, in that case, we shall go to the vote. Uh, all those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Um, uh, thank you very much. Uh, we now need to uh, encourage Mr Taylor to return. Uh, no, because he wasn't here because he was... He's a governor of the school, so couldn't be with us. Um, um, we, we, must, we must not whisper um, that we know this. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> right, we move now to agenda item five. Um, but but um, Mr. Taylor did leave me a note, which I'm slightly confused about. Um, No, no, this one was missing from the, from the... I know there's no public speakers, but it was missing from the public speakers list. So just in case you missed it, forgot it and passed it. And that's what all he was trying to highlight. We are delighted Mr Taylor has returned. Um, and we are moving to item five on page 137. Um, and um, Mr. Brown will, is the author of this document. Thank you, Chairman. Um, members will recall, because it was hours back, where members were considering the reserve matters application for Carnation Nursery. What is not lost, it's still got an outline planning permission, and it's got a section 106 on it, which requires the traditional provision of 40% affordable housing, uh, as well as a, well, I'll mention that fit first. The first issue is what the applicant, and this is Bloor Housing, and this is what has successfully been done or been put in the 106 at Walpole Farm, 
is Bloor have a, a different approach to affordable housing as an option. I must, I must emphasise it's an option to provide gifted units rather than 40%. It is less than the 40% provision. So part of the provision would be rather than providing nine dwellings for, or land for nine dwellings for a registered provider to provide, they have the option or we have the option to accept gifted units, which is actually basically building houses for the council. Um, now, that would be less than the nine, um, but it's put forward as an option by the developer, and, but the decision rests with us as a local, well, local housing authority in this particular case, in terms, in terms of making the decision in terms of we will only accept those gifted units if it's good for us as a housing authority to actually accept those, those units. So we still hold the, 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 the decision at the end of the day. It just provides that option in terms of provision of um, gifted units as opposed to just the traditional 40%. So it will be less dwellings, but we would only accept it if it's good for us as an authority, and we've still got the option to say no. The second part of it, as part of that, when that outline was approved, it is within the 106 that it should have no more than groups of four affordable units within him, and that was the decision of the applicant at the time for some reason. They actually put that in as only a, a cluster of four. What they are suggesting here is that they go back to the traditional cluster of nine. This is obviously if they provide the 40% affordable housing. And nine is obviously less than 10, less than our housing uh, strategies uh, call for, for clusters of no less than 10. So this is asking to Verit to do two things. First of all, to give the option for gifted units, and secondly, to move the clusters up to nine rather than two groups of no more than four. Right. Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. That's clear um, as muck, I'm sure. uh, Right. Uh, Councillor Easton. Uh, not unusually, Chairman, I'm confused. <coughs> Did we not refuse this application earlier? No, the main we application. the Reserve Matters application. This is the outline application, that the, the, the detailed application. There's still an outline planning permission. We've still got a planning permission for outline for residential development on that site. What, you've just, what you refused earlier was the scheme. The design was aspect. The Thank you. Um, you're no longer confused, I take it. Good. Uh, Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. Yes, uh, the, the gifted units... Um, where would they be? Do we decide, or can we decide? They'll be on site. They'll be on site. Oh, sorry, they're provided on, on the site, not, and not we would have to say where they are. Yeah. Okay. Um, of course, by reference to what Councillor Easton has just said, uh, we don't know the benefit that we're going to arrive at because we have just refused a detailed application. We may well have an, uh, an appeal, and they end up with 23 or we may get an application that comes in with less than 23. So really want some advice on what do you think our best option is? Well, my recommendation is to accept the recommendation, um, but I don't think it changes the situation. I think all that does is you will end up with houses on that site. You may end up with 23 appropriately designed. You may end up with slightly less, substantially less. It all falls back down to the 40% provision will obviously... If you end up with 20 dwellings, that will be less dwellings than, than what 23 would be. Uh, the gifted units, um, that would be, that's fair about against what the 40%. It still has to be a good enough deal, because at the end of the day, if we end up with the 23 units and the provision of what would normally be 40% provision, which would be nine, the gifted units would have to be judged against that. We're losing uh, 
the provision of nine dwellings, but we would actually have gifted units and the rental income from those units. And so all it is is the actual, the absolute overall amount may reduce, but it's still the same thought process. So, you know, I, I don't think we're losing anything by doing this because we still actually hold the final decision at the end of the day. Um, Councillor Kent, you have to... Thank you. Could I just work out, ask, is this worked out on a, a sort of financial benefit to the council? So, at the end of the day, whichever is best financially from us is, is what we would... It's a combination of financial and housing provision, because obviously, you know, in terms of... It has to be a, a business case in terms of housing provision for the council. And there, are, there is merits of gifted units less gifted units rather than 40%, but it has to be the appropriate amount. Otherwise, we just won't, we won't buy it and we won't do it. Uh, Councillor Mackman. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, I think I'm um, quite happy to take Mr Brown's advice on this and propose that we approve this. Uh, I don't know whether there's any, any mileage in suggesting to the developer that they reduce the number of built houses on the site, because I, I'd, I'd far rather see 20 houses than us getting eight than the 23 and us getting nine. But uh, I don't know whether we can actually suggest that. Well, we have a recommendation in front of us, which is what I think we should vote on. Um, now, were you proposing? No, yes, I was. Councillor Perry. I'd like to second the proposal, but just one point. The 5% provision that we have our policies for, is that anywhere in this or doesn't it come into it? Okay. Uh, right. Um, no other member wishes to speak. We have a proposer and seconder, so we'll go to the vote. Uh, all those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Right. The application is approved. Yeah. There, there, are, there, are, there are two, there are two um, documents, item, uh, items, agenda item 6 and agenda item 7, uh, and we're obviously starting off with 6, and Mr Taylor will lead us. A point of order, yeah. order. On instructions of the UDC legal officer, having been requested to read out the objector to these two points, it's been pointed out that if I do, I'll leave myself to open to prosecution and I have been instructed that it would not be proper or right for me to do it, so I'll have to uh, rely on the appeal decisions. Thank you, Chairman. Yes, so I'm going to start off with agenda item six, which is the application to carry out works to um, produce a four-metre crown reduction to the walnut tree at 53 Landscape View. Um, just a bit of context, um, we need to determine this application and the subsequent application purely on the merits in relation to the works of the tree and the character of, a, character of the area, not on anything else. They, uh, other things are not relevant. Past history in relation to it is, is not relevant in relation to other works, um, but obviously we are looking at this application and we're looking at the, the tree history in relation to decisions we've made and, and the appeal decisions. Um, on this application, 
uh, the two applications, um, along with others at the moment, Essex County Council arboriculturalists are being employed by the council to carry out um, site visits. Um, and it just happens that they did, they did this as well. So the report, while it's in my name, the report and the recommendation has come from Essex County Council Place Services, the arboriculturalist employed by them, um, because we've retained them for additional resources at present. So the first application um, to crown reduce the tree, um, it's a, a quite simple proposal um, to reduce in, in uh, span the tree. You can see the proposal is to reduce it by four metres. However, if you turn to um, the situation, paragraph 7 onwards, you can see the assessment carried out by the Essex Arboriculturalist. Um, it notes that the tree is in reasonable health and condition, and it's obviously um, uh, viewed from the street scene as well, as you can see on the photo, which is attached um, on the next page, and many of you may well um, know this tree um, itself. Um, it is a mature walnut tree of significant proportions, but it is a prominent visual feature and of high amenity value. The inspector previously, um, and the inspector's decision is attached as an appendix to the, the next item, um, concurred with the assessment um, that was made by the council previously. Um, however, uh, the arboriculturalist recommends that a, uh, an, accept an acceptable reduction um, of the tree um, would be permissible. They don't um, propose a four metre reduction. They consider that's excessive, but they propose a reduction, um, I'll read it because it's technical, of, a two, of up to two metre linear crown reduction. So that would, that would bring it in a bit. Um, in, in we, um, to, to reduce the tree and bring it in a bit. Um, and that would uh, help to um, uh, go some way to doing what the applicant wishes to do but is the balance that the arboriculturist um, wishes to, to suggest in relation to these works. So that is the, the proposal um, based on the, the report from the Essex Arboriculturalist that we approve um, a uh, reduce the overall crown spread by two linear metres and thin the crown by up to 20% by removal of secondary growth and deadwood etc. That's set out at paragraph three of the report. Uh, thank you very much. Um, hold on a moment. Uh, now, we have had an application from uh, Councillor Knight uh, to speak on this. Uh, I'm not sure whether there's an objector or otherwise. Uh, but given she is not the uh, local candidate, uh, I would decline that application. Um, we have also, however, the applicant uh, has a statement to be read out, um, which I... Adam, do, are you doing it? Okay, right. Dear members of the planning committee, I wish to explain my applications and the history preceding them, and to that end I ask for this letter to be read out to you. However, before I express... We were told that history wasn't to be given out, so why are we giving out history? If it's good enough for the objectors, it's good enough for the applicant. If one is allowed, both should be allowed. We cannot limit what an applicant says. No, no. We do, not, um, we, we do not censor what people say. They may come and say what they like, provided it's not ab abusive, obviously.
Can I just bring some order here? Uh, please allow the legal officer to continue. Um, the applicant has every right to speak. He's, he's asked to speak through a, uh, a statement. Uh, and let's allow the legal officer to read the statement. Um, and and any, any appropriateness in the statement is the applicant's, no one else's. Point, point of order, uh, Mr Chairman. Should we not be going into part two? Um, no. A point of order, Chairman. That if the if it's read out, if it affects the integrity of the objector, then I reserve the right, as in law, to respond. Perfectly entitled to. Uh, we'll, let, let, we'll let the legal officer continue, Christine. Thank you. However, before I express my opinions, I have an important request. Over the last 48 hours, my applications have become the subject of a political and personal hot potato with accusations and allegations flying left and right. Should it be likely that the committee would vote as a majority against in both of my applications today, then I politely request that the applications be deferred to the November planning committee meeting, by which time I understand the fallout from the allegations will be known. I bought my house in Landscape View in December 2011. In 2012, I put in a planning application to extend it. One of my neighbours, who I will refer to as the neighbour, immediately formally objected to my plans. After I had politely invited her into my property to discuss my application with her and show her my plans. As a result, I requested a meeting with the planning officer concerned with my case, and together we amended the plans in order to minimise the impact on the neighbour. These amended plans came to committee in September 2012 and were passed in spite of continued opposition only from the neighbour. Since that time, the neighbour has requested a party wall agreement. I have had letters from Snow Walker surveyors on her behalf, advising me that such an agreement would be at my own cost of approximately £12,000 and would delay me for several months. I don't know if that is a true amount, but I took it at face value. I have not yet, therefore, started building, and that is nothing to do with the tree. I would like a friendly relationship Chairman, with the neighbour, but that relevance. looks unlikely. Continue, please, please. please excuse me if you are wondering what the re relevance is until now. I was granted planning permission to extend my house in September 2012. Previous to that, in the summer of 2012, I approached the neighbour with a request to be able to enter her garden sometime in the near future, as I wished to be able to prune the walnut tree and clear away the prunings. It was about 9am the same morning when she told me on her doorstep that there wouldn't be any problem and she had no objection. I could access her garden while she was at work. By 5pm that very same day, there was a hand-delivered provisional tree preservation order lying on my doormat. My inquiries revealed that she had requested it that morning. This committee ratified the TPO later that year. In 2013, I made an application to reduce the walnut tree by 50%. This committee refused that application. Following the advice of the council's tree officer, I appealed. I've only read half of it. Okay. Well, in that case, we, we will stop in the normal way. Um, okay. Right. Um, we have a recommendation from the officer. Um, members obviously want to ask questions, and Councillor Perry is very keen. Thank you, Chairman. I am very keen. We've all had the papers, the appeal decision. 
which is very pertinent to this application, particularly as the appeal inspector is a chartered whatever you pronounce it. Oh, I can't even say it. Agriculturist. A tree surgeon. <laughs> tree fuller. He quite clearly puts down all the reasons which has negated everything that uh, the applicant has made, choosing my words carefully. But I would recommend that we go along with the two linear metre reduction as requested, but there is a proviso with that, that it is undertaken because it's quite clear in the Planning Appeal Decisions Report that it has to be done by a suitably qualified person, otherwise the tree could be damaged substantially. So I would like that additional to be put on there, that two metres linear <coughs> is carried out by a maximum, by an approved or a council approved Abbericologist. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, right, I, I will seek advice from the officers where that's an appropriate condition to place on this, this application. Um, Chairman, as part of approval of works, um, there are, um, and I really appreciate they're not on here, but they're standard conditions that go on any um, notice for approval of works. The first is that be carried out in accordance with the relevant British standard and that they need to be completed within two, de two days, two years of the formal decision notice. We can't require that they're carried out by, what, you know, there's no formal arbitrageist in that sense, but what we can do is they need to be carried out in accordance with the British standard. And this is, this is a standard template in relation to how we respond. So this is the, most, this is the recommendation from Essex, and this is our standard approach in terms of how we respond to all these applications. I'll come back on that. The the appeal inspector was very, very clear that it had to be done by a suitably trained operative, otherwise it would cause detrimental damage to the tree. And that's my concern, because my understanding is there is someone down the road that can go ahead with a chainsaw and lop it off with no qualifications whatsoever. So I want to make sure that doesn't happen. As much as we can do, that is covered under the British standard. You know, the British standard is the British standard in relation to works to trees, which covers exactly the points in terms of how you do it, ensuring that the cuts aren't too close to the main stem and so it doesn't result in decay over time or breaking of further limbs, etc. So this is the, the appropriate standard to reference in relation to this type of approval. I'd like to propose then the officer's recommendation, Chairman. Um, does that find a seconder? Um, Uh, yes. If, if we're going ahead with this in that case, can we ask the county's tree officer if they can recommend a suitable person to do the work because it's on their head be if it's not done correctly? Chairman, uh, for trees, for builders, for anything else, we do not recommend anybody. That's the same for anybody because otherwise, so no council will recommend because you're picking out someone specific. So we don't do that as a matter of course. Right, now um, we have a proposer and a seconder, but there are obviously a number of. Are you asking questions? Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, right. Can you. <laughs> Thank you, Chairman. I just wonder if the tree was in. I just wonder if the tree was in 53 landscape view before the occupant. However, I live in Walnut Tree Cottage and I'm surrounded by walnut trees. 
They're very beautiful, they're extremely valuable, and I'd vote against any work on this tree whatsoever, having read this decision by Mr. Crane. Thank you, Councillor Manning. Uh, Councillor Eastham. Mr. Chairman, if the committee is minded to approve the uh, two linear metre uh, crowning, and being aware that the third tree surgeon has been very sorry, the, 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 uh, the uh, inspector has been very specific in his statement of what should be done and how it should be done, and we must observe BSI, or he must observe BSI standards. If BSI standards are not observed and the tree is mutilated, what repercussions, bearing in mind that it will be too late to do anything about it, if there's no supervision there to see that BSI is carried out according to standards, how can we be sure that this is going to take place? What are the ramifications of this? Uh, Mr Taylor will comment on that. Chairman, unauthorised works to trees covered by tree preservation order, so either i.e. works not carried out in accordance with an approval, would be unlawful. And therefore, you would go down that route in terms of any criminal proceedings approved necessary. Uh, right. Bear in mind it's too late at that point to do anything for the tree. I understand that. This is the national legislation we are working under. It doesn't stop at the Assels for Boundaries. We are working on the national legislation. That's the response. Uh, no, well, you're in the queue, uh, Councillor Perry. Um, I Councillor Lachlan was... Thank you. Well, um, I have an oak tree in my garden, which probably... I could walk to in about 10 paces. It's huge. It's 400 years old. If it falls down, it will take the house and everything in it. But I knew that when I bought my house. It doesn't have any amenity value. I can't get walnuts from it, and I don't eat the acorns. But um, I got... I'm looking at the um, inspector's report. He said, I do not consider that the tree is excessively large for its setting or that it is oppressive. And for these reasons, I dismiss the appeal. So I can't, if it isn't oppressive and, um, and it's not excessively large, why are we saying that we will allow it two metres to be taken off of it? Is it going to be the top or is it going to be the bottom? Because I can't... It's the whole caboodle, is it? But, oh, right. Well, um, mm, well I, I don't know. I can't. I've looked through this. And I've tried to be objective. But I can't find any reason for this to be allowed to happen. And like Council Menel, I mean, we know. We live in a rural area. There are trees. And many of these trees were there long before our houses were. And we can't just come in and say... Uh, well, that's a nice house. We'll have that tree down. You buy it and you know it's there. And, it, you know, there is no reason for this to be done. The, the planning inspector has said so. And I, you know, we do not go against the planning inspector. It's his, we're always told it's his decision. We don't go, we go to appeals and his decision is final. And that's good enough for me. Right, okay, thank you, Councillor Lockett. Um, Councillor Ranger wanted to speak, and then we come to Councillor Perry. Yeah, thank you, Chairman. Referring to the appeal decision, um, the appeal, the application at that time was a reduction of 50%. Yeah. Now, that was in 2013. We're now in 2014, not that long, so the tree hasn't grown much. But 
2 metres plus, it could be more than 2 metres if you refer to the description, get in the right place, 2 metres using the nearest suitable secondary growth point or previous pruning points, whichever is the greater. So, but anyway, you're taking off 4 metres of the spread, 2 metres either side. How wide is the tree? Is that 4 metres approaching 50%? How wide is the garden? How wide uh, is the, the garden? The garden is 9.5 metres wide, it's in the inspector's report, and 37 metres long. Yeah, nine point, yeah so the, the tree is in the centre of the garden. Right, um, yeah. Councillor Perry and then Councillor Kant. No, I haven't finished yet, sorry. Chairman, uh, sorry. sorry, I was. Oh, I see, we were just musing. Right, do, do continue yeah. then, yes. If that four metres, given the bare four metres, is approaching 50% of the tree girth, if you like, then we shouldn't be countenancing any um, reduction in line with the appeal. Councillor Perry. The mood I get from the committee, I will withdraw my uh, proposal and uh, instead I'll put in that uh, we refuse it, that it stays as it is. And um, does that find a seconder? Uh, Councillor Davey, you got there first. Okay. We, we have a proposal and a seconder to refuse this uh, um, recommendation. Um, I'm not sure I understand the consequences of doing that. I might ask uh, Mr Taylor to tell us exactly where that leaves us. Um, Chairman, I, I well, first of all, it would be interesting to hear reasons given the fact that the arboriculturist that we've, you know, the independent arboriculturist that we've retained has been very clear and concise in his report that he doesn't consider that there is any harm to the tree by this reduction. The inspector was considering a wholly different application, um, so that it's not um, completely relevant that you can rely on that. It's a different application looking at a different situation, talking about a 50% reduction of the overall tree, which is considerably more than a, a two-metre reduction. So I think we, we need specific reasons, because there is nothing so far that I've heard that gives me specific reasons to um, go against the professional advice we've received. I would suggest, Chairman, that the advice of the planning inspector, who is also a chartered whatever it is, um, carries a lot more weight because it was a very short period of time when the site was visited. It's less than a year. And the decision, well, it was almost to a day, I think, a year. But it's this time of the year when it was visited. And the decision was the 4th of December. It is still relevant and it's still recent. And therefore, I think we should go along with the planning inspector's decision. Okay, so you, you wish to propose a refusal. Um, did, did that have a seconder? Yes. Oh, I did, Councillor Davey, yes, thanks, so we know that. Okay, uh, there were questions to be asked, Councillor Lachlan and Councillor Mackman. Thank you. Uh, well, it's not, it's not a question, it's a statement. Although the uh, previous uh, application was different, it doesn't take away from the fact that the inspector said, and it doesn't matter how much, if he chops the whole thing down or, you know, or expands it, it doesn't matter. He says, I do not consider the tree, that the tree is excessively large for its setting or that it is oppressive. For these reasons, I dismiss the appeal. Doesn't, he didn't say anything about how much was being chopped down. 
Those were his reasons. He didn't find it oppressive or unnecessarily large. And that, I, you know, that was his decision and that was his arboriculturalist's right, thank you decision. Thanks, Alec. Councillor Macklin. <laughs> thank you very much, Chair. Uh, as I say, I've got limited uh, sympathy for anybody that buys a house with a large tree in the garden and, and then it comes as a surprise to them. Um, I agree with Councillor Perry that uh, all right, we've had professional advice from uh, Essex County Council Arboriculturists, but I think that the inspector trumps him. The uh, short period of time since the inspector's decision tends me to indicate that we, we've got to go with it. We can't throw the inspector's decision back in his face. I mean, as Councillor Lachlan has read out, he didn't talk about size of reduction or anything like that. He said there was no need for a reduction, that the tree was not oppressive, and it was right for its place. Uh, thank you. Uh, Councillor Kent. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I can think of no other planning application where people have got so incredibly heated, and I can only assume it's because it's a fellow councillor. Um, we have, on, on almost every other tree planning application we have had, we have taken the experts' advice, Essex County Council Horticulturists in this case, and we have gone with it. We have gone with that advice. And I really don't understand. This is a very small garden, um, and um, I, I know of at least two or three people in my, garden, in, in my village who have walnut trees who have them regularly uh, reduced in size and the trees flourish and grow amazingly and produce fruit. I, I really don't understand what the problem is uh, and I couldn't possibly vote for refusal. I think Essex County Council's advice is reasonable. We're, not, we're talking about reducing the tree by approximately 20%. I think we could, in fact, if, if Councillor Ranger thinks it's too much, we could actually reduce that so that it is only reduced by 20%, and I, I don't see a problem with that. Uh, thank you, Councillor Kent. Um, Councillor Minnell, you, you, Sorry, we yes, are yes, going to wind I, up I'd, very shortly. Yes, I'd like Councillor Kent to withdraw that comment because I am very concerned about trees. I probably know more about walnut trees than anyone else in this room and consequently I am very concerned about this tree and always have been since the beginning of this, since it started and I will probably be noted for voting against any tree work whenever it comes up at these committees. Uh, right, Councillor Eastham, you're the last one. Let's, let's Thank you, Chairman. Let's make it short. It's Do a we have hour. a copy? Well, sorry, can we have the withdrawal from that statement? Because I actually take umbrage to that. I don't, it's nothing to do with um, Councillor Kettridge being another councillor. I don't care if he's Uncle Tom Cobbley and all. I'm voting on the tree, and I find that very offensive. Um, I, I don't think that's inappropriate to ask the Councillor County. She's made a statement. I think we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Councillor Easton. Thank you, Chairman. Um, do we have a copy of the Essex Arboriculturalist report? Yes. Where it's the text it? in. It's there, but I've put it in there. So the text in here. In where? In, yeah. in your. Sorry, I'm just holding up my paper. The text in the report before you is the text in the Arboriculturalist report yeah. which I've got and I've moved it into the um, committee that's report the, for you. That's the appeal decision report. 
No, 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 no. no, no. The Inspector's report. The committee report, agenda item six, the um, recommendation is lifted word for word from the report I've received and the situation is the same. Uh, Councillor, it's a verb. You, what you have in front of you, agenda item six, yeah. uh, is a verbatim from the inspector's report. Uh, Essex County Council. Essex County right. Council, right. yes, get my yep. facts right. Yes. Right, Thank your you. proposal, were you not, Councillor Perry? So, so you have the last word. Thank you very much, Chairman. My last word is the tree needs protecting, and we fail quite often with development for extensions and houses where we don't protect the tree. It's a shame this doesn't have a no-dig area around it to protect it from further attack. Right. Um, we've had a proposer and a seconder to um, refuse this uh, application. Uh, we'll go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, those against? One, two... Are those abstaining? Two. Two. Right, um, the application is refused. Um, we move on to uh, UTT um, 142570, um, and I'm looking at Mr. Brown as the yeah. substitute. That's, the, that's uh, the second half. This is the second uh, half, uh, yes. which is um, agenda item seven, seven. Chairman. Yep. 142749. Uh, right, this yes. is the application to fell the walnut tree in totality. Again, the report before you is based on the Essex County Council advice, and in this one, I have appended the inspector's decision um, in relation to it, um, and the recommendation is that we refuse it. Um, uh, does that have a second to Councillor Easton? I, th I think we should give that to, to Councillor Monell. She deserves to be the seconder. The, the seconder, yes. Right, um, we have a proposer and a seconder for uh, acceptance of the recommendation. Are there any, any questions? Um, then we will go to the vote. All those in favour of accepting the recommendation, please show. Um, right, the application... I've got nothing to add. I've just got, I'll take any questions about the, the, the appeal decisions in front of you. Are there any questions? That's quite normal. Um, right. Well, if there are no questions, then we move on to... Um We do have a policy in this council for the number of speakers that was passed by full council. We're not adhering to it. Is there a reason why that is? Um, not that I'm aware of, but uh, I will examine the matter with um, democratic services. Oh, it's on major applications, I'm advised. But uh, I, I will actually... Um, uh, Councillor Davey, it, it, you, don't, you don't want to go home either. <laughs> No, I do. Um, I'd just like yeah. to say I did have a word with, uh, with um, uh, uh, Andrew uh, earlier about the state of the projector. I do think it needs...
We are not broadcasting at the moment, but you can use the stream.